hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right back. He's out. Dad Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Vinnabush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Victor. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 66 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show, of course, where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. The Five for Fighting podcast is, of course, presented to you by Six Pack Media Coverage. Six Pack Coverage covers many things, not just sports. They got fitness, travel, food, and they even started dabbling, from what I can tell, into the uh, college aspect not just in college sports but general happenings around universities and kind of getting the students in there and involved so um more and more colleges are getting added to the network as i can tell so uh, it's a lot of fun here over at six pack coverage and um like i said they cover all sports as well as you know the food travel fitness everything like that but they got basketball baseball football um and of course i'm representing the hockey aspect of it i don't think there's any other hockey shows on the network as of right now but if you want to get your fix for the other stuff you can definitely go and get it at sixpackcoverage.com, which the link will be, of course, in the description of this podcast. Today, we have a guest. You know I was hurting for guests if I bring this jagaloon on all the way out in Saskatoon, or Saskatchewan, however you prefer to say it. Um, Darren over at the fourth line voice, we had a great time talking. Um, as you can tell by the title of this video, it is, of course, we go over the 31, it was not, I know it's 32 teams now, but I can't really include the Kraken in there. So the 31 toughest enforcers on every single franchise, not currently, that's been in the franchise history. Um, we went over and we did a dive into each and every team, starting in alphabetical order from the Ducks all the way down to the Capitals, and had a lot of fun, and it's, of course, it's always nice to kind of get a change of pace. He's my first guest, I think, of the new year. Uh, way to ring in the new year, getting getting absolute garbage on there. Um, but no, it's a good time. Um, and it's, like I said, a nice change of pace. It's my first guest I've had on uh, in quite some time because, like I said, battling the holidays and everything like that. I know he just had on Steve Parsons to do his top five toughest opponents. Uh, you had Yuka from Finland on. So I encourage you to go check out his podcast over at Fourth Line Voice. You can check his podcast, Twitter. Um, I think he's on, yeah, he's on Facebook as well. It's just typed out regularly, Fourth Line Voice. And I encourage you to go check out his YouTube channel. He has a bunch of fights ranging from junior, LNA, CHL, UHL, the NHL. Um, any league, he's got it on there, I can guarantee it. Even Junior B, stuff like that. So 
Um, I encourage you to go to his YouTube channel and check that out, but had a great time. And uh, I want to point out before we get going in here that this is, of course, all our opinion. This isn't the definitive end-all, be-all list. This is just our opinion kind of going through every team, how we feel. Uh, or like the the parameters are kind of set a little bit very loosely here. Uh, I'd like to get him back on. We were going to do a, a defunct team uh, list for you know former teams like well, the Winnipeg, we had to include the Thrashers for this one, but like uh, Hartford instead of Carolina, um, stuff like that, and maybe covering on them, like the old Colorado Rockies or the California Seals, shit like that. So I think it'll be a lot of fun down the line. So I'll definitely have to get Darren back on. It's always a good time chatting with him. We, him and I bullshit back and forth every day at least. So um, it's always fun to sit there and talk with him and get him on the podcast. Um, it was actually, it was crazy. I was looking at hasn't had him, excuse easy for you to fucking say. I haven't had him on since the year 2020, surprisingly. Uh, I thought for sure I had him on last year, but I guess I didn't. So, well, I had the big hiatus last year, too. And speaking of hiatus, of course, Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles just released his first episode today. I got through about half of it, and then um, I got hung up on a conference call, and then I kind of forgot to put it back on because I was driving while I was on this damn conference call, so... I apologize to Joe. I'm going to finish. At least it gives me something to listen to tomorrow. But Joe, of course, by the name, you can tell the Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box. He covers exclusively Islanders and Foresters and tough guys, whether they were in their farm team, uh, the AHL and ECHL. It doesn't matter if they're in the farm team or in the Islander system, then Joe will talk about them. He just came back with his after his hiatus. He's been moving. He got a new job out at MSG, sleeping with the enemy out there. He's an Islanders fan, yet he's working at MSG. So maybe uh, he's either he's either changed his ways and has become an Islanders, uh, or excuse me, an anti-Islanders podcast, and maybe he's going to switch his gears over to the New York Rangers, or he's, you know, getting some intel over there, sleeping with the enemy, like I said, and he's, uh, you know, trading, trading some game notes with the Islanders. Uh, who knows with with Joe Lazito, but I encourage you to go check that out. Fantastic podcast. He does great deep dives into guys' careers. Um, I'm trying to make this intro kind of short because me and Darren do go on for two hours, so there's plenty plenty to listen to, so I'm not trying to take up all your time here. I'm trying to keep this at about five, ten minutes, So as we're already going on five minutes here, so if I haven't been yapping enough. Um, but I encourage you to check out the podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all on there. Just search Five for Fighting Podcast. It comes up every time on whichever uh, whichever platform you're trying to use. And also, I encourage you to go check out the podcast YouTube channel at Five for Fighting Podcast. Same thing. Go check it out on YouTube. I post all the ECHL fights that come up after every game. So uh, there was actually one that was really good. Really, I think it's a fight of the year contender, um, a candidate. I think I've said in my a couple of my posts, it was in a game between the Iowa Heartlanders and the Wheeling Nailers, and that was a really good one. And it was um, Cole Stollard versus Josh Victor. And Stollard starts off strong, and he drops Victor. Victor gets back up and lands a really good uppercut um, on Stollard. So it was a great fight, and I that, that's up there for one of the fights of the year, I think, at least for 2022. I know I covered the ECHL fights of the year. Uh, for 2021 I did the top five I broke that down and that was a lot of fun so I encourage you to go check out my YouTube channel um, I, I've I've noticed since I've started posting more videos and stuff like that I'm starting to gain some followers and everything like that so it's been nice it's been a, a breath of fresh air I was really stagnant there no matter it was like no matter what I would post just nothing would get out there and now I don't know what, why it seems like everything's kind of getting out there more which has been nice so um, I encourage you to go check that out and you know all the other stuff like I mentioned please go check out excuse me, check out six pack media coverage, go check out their website. Like I said, it'll be in the link in the description below, um, uh, the podcast episode. So 
please check them out. They are they're they're helping me pay the bills. Uh, we're waiting to get some sponsors coming in here, but I think it's going to be soon as they uh, they start to grow more. So uh, only way to go here from up is excuse me. Only way to go from here is up, and I'm looking forward to actually catching a uh, grabbing a couple beers with Andrew and the guys out there in Nashville come February. Um, I'm actually going to the I know I know I should on the NHL, and here I am going to the outdoor game with the Lightning and the Predators. That's kind of, I think it was not the Winter Classic, the Stadium Series or whatever the hell they call it. Um, I'll be going there, but it's more so just an experience to, for Nashville because I'm a big country music fan, and that's like you know the hub for country music. So uh, I, I kind of agreed to go. My, my my wife had to ask me like 10 times if I still wanted to go to the hockey game. I said, yes, it's fine. I'll go to the hockey game. It'll be cool. You know, it's the outdoor game, so it's a little bit of a – it's not like I'm going to see a fucking game out at Raleigh. What is it? PNC Arena out in Raleigh to watch the Hurricanes take on the Maple Leafs. So um, a little bit better than that, I think. So um, – Anyways, guys, I'll get going. I'm trying to get some guests on for you. Uh, my last guest, uh, the first week we set up, he had to cancel. Then the second week I set it up, I had to cancel. So me and him were almost playing like uh, like setup tag here when we're trying to get back and forth on the uh, the day that we're going to record. But I have a feeling we'll, we'll end up making it happen this week. I got to message him right after this actually to get it all set up. And I actually just got off FaceTime with another guy. He's pretty excited to come onto the show. That's just going to be another thing setting up times. I think I mentioned that before. He's on the West Coast where I'm on the east coast so the time difference there is really big but looking forward to getting him on the show i think that's going to be a grand old time so anyways guys you are here to listen to the top 31 nhl enforcers in team and nhl team history so without further ado we will pass it over to myself and darren thanks guys for tuning in hope you enjoy the episode here is darren at the fourth line voice and myself breaking down all 30 31 i keep wanting to say 32 all 31 nhl teams here you go guys thank you they should be very good. All right, tonight we have, you know I'm hurting for guests if I have this guy on. And maybe I'm doing a charitable thing by having this this guy all the way out from Saskatchewan. None other than Darren from the Fourth Line Voice. Darren, how are you doing tonight, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, like I said, right? As we always say, you're so low, you're reaching up to touch bottom. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. And, you know, like I said, all the way out there in uh, Saskatchewan, and I'm, I, I hope people know exactly what that's from because I say that and I'm worried some people are going to be like, this dude's a fucking idiot. He doesn't know where the hell his geography is. But if you've seen the movie Grown Ups, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but no, man, thanks for taking the time to uh, come on the show tonight. You know, I, like, I know we've been going on for probably like an hour and a half here now at this point uh, before yeah. even hitting record. But what else is new? That's how it always goes. You're a few beers deep. I got a glass of whiskey, so it's going to be a good time. And folks, you can tell by the title, uh, this is going to be counting down every NHL team's all-time tough guys. So we're going to go through each team, uh, alphabetical order, starting with Anaheim all the way down to who's, who's the very last team? Is it Washington, I believe? Uh, no, Winnipeg. So we'll be going through every single team alphabetically and kind of picking who we think is the toughest guy from each franchise. Um, and I got to admit, folks, it is my fault. Uh, I was trying something new to save my notes. I had written all my guys down throughout the week um, and then work picked up. I totally didn't save the list. So now I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. So I apologize. So Darren's probably going to be the one, you know, leading the horse to water here. And I'm going to have to do the do the drinking because I'm fucking all over the place now, but I, I got most of my guys memorized. So I do apologize. Real fucking professional podcast we have going on here, but nonetheless, Darren, you were going to, you know, lead the charge here for us, I think. So I, I you know, I'm going to pass the torch over to you there. Oh yeah, here we go. I do the heavy lifting again. eh? all mm. right. Well, somebody's got to do it. 
Well, well, like you said, we we've been going on for about an hour and a half. Well, Alex, Alex has been listening to me ramble for an hour and a half, bitching about. No, we both kind of were bitching. Well, yeah, and we you know we 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 talked about we talked shit about the people that needed to get talked shit about, and you know, yeah, I, no. I I won't repeat what you said about Searson, but you know, I and I won't I won't say anything about that guy up in Iowa. Was it Jay? I, I can't remember which Jay's worse, the one out in Finland or the one in Iowa. So you never know. Oh, oh it's just. It's just, yeah, well, that's the thing, right? You say that, and it's like, you got to, at that point, you got to specify who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Which no, Jay exactly. is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's been good. Hey, it's actually been a while since I've been on your show. Yeah, it has been. I'm trying to think of when the last time I had you on. I can't remember, actually. Well, Let I was going to say, when I had you, I, speaking of Jay uh, in Iowa, I had you and him on, uh, you and, yeah, you and him, him and you. Yeah, you and Jay on when I did the minor league mayhem tournament. We broke it down a few months ago. Yep, that, I, was, that was a good one. That actually, you know what that 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 episode actually did really well. It actually got a lot of listens. There was a lot of desperate people around. I was that gonna time. say people just like car crashes. You know, they just can't look I, away. Apparently, exactly. And it was, uh, but that that was a lot of fun. But that was, I think, that was the last time. Yeah, that would have been the last time I was on the air with you. Man, actually, the last time I had you on the show, I swear, it might, be, it might even be over a year now. Is um, I'm looking at the episodes here. It might have been the Bob Probert special from 2020 where I had you and Danny Probert on. I can't believe yeah. that. I can't believe yeah, it's been yeah. that long. Holy shit. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, because I never And, and, and the ratings down. have blossomed ever since. Yeah, so. exactly. It's from Danny. <laughs> it's oh, from Danny D. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I did the fight breakdown with old Dr. Chris out there who's in Africa. So I'm sure he's, you know, hopefully we can keep him, him entertained out there. Because I know he's oh, like, looking I said, at Oh, my, my show's shit. blowing up in Rainbow Nation. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, I got one guy out there in the bush listening anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if any tribes out there got introduced to this shit, you know they're pissed and they just want Chris to go the fuck away. <laughs> oh, he's getting yeah. It's it's going to be pitchforks and torches for him if he introduces this shit. Oh, exactly. To a whole new culture. Oh shit! But no, it's good to have you back on, man. And you know, we're just shooting the shit here. Nothing really by the books per se. And I, I realized I didn't set a couple parameters, so I think we'll do. Uh, I would like to do a defunct team one down the line, but I think we'll for this for this podcast episode will include like previous um if the team is still around like i'd like to do a defunct team of like you know the wha or something like that along those lines mm. where it gets a little bit older so for the sake of this i think we'll, we'll just any, inc- there won't be any cleveland baron talk yeah no they're not getting no california golden seals talk unfortunately and i know people white were skates. itching for that yeah. yeah whole white skates yeah oh god fucking terrible that w- i i'm down for I'm I'm usually down for real carny shit, but yeah, I wasn't down for the white skates. That's not good. No. Well, no, and I like how like you know the you know a little history lesson here for those listening who might not know what we're talking about. You know the the California Golden Seals. Well, they had like four different names. They were like the Bay Area Seals, California Seals, Golden Seal, whatever. Uh, so they used to paint their skates white, and because the, the owner used to own the Oakland A's at the time as well. I think it was Pat Finley was his name. And Charlie uh, Finley. Charlie Finley. That's who it was. Um, so he uh, had the team paint the skates every every time. So the, if there was any puck marks on it, he would have them paint over it. So by the end of the season or whatever, a few games in, the skates would just weigh 900 pounds because they've got, you know, four inches of paint on them. So, yeah, it's just absolute gong show out there in California with that team. I think they only lasted – they actually lasted a lot longer than they should have, I think. I want to say maybe 11 seasons. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I, quite sure I, how I long don't they- know. 
But yeah, I remember hearing about that story. But and like I said, I, I'm usually down with the Carney shit. But the Carney shit's got to be minor league. Mm-hmm. I'm down with minor league teams doing anything possible to sell shit. Correct. I'm down with that. When an NHL team does it, it just smacks of desperation, and I hate it. But, oh yeah, like they had a live seal on the ice and shit like that. Just fucking nutty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all right, we'll kick it off here. Anaheim Ducks. We'll start it off. Um, and this will go back, of course, to when they were the Mighty Ducks as well. So, you know, that's included here. So who do you have as the toughest guy of all time for the Anaheim Ducks? Well, like you said, we talked about this when we got before we got going. It's like some dudes, they played on multiple teams, right? right. So it's like, okay, is he, I'm not going to pick him to be the, the toughest guy on like all four teams that he played on. So it's right. like, but he probably could be, you know, really. But I mean, I guess the answer is Stu Grimson. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, played. I'm looking. I got to right, play 230 games there, so it's like that's enough time, obviously. Um, but you know, Stu jumped around. But I think, um, you know, obviously Stu was a tough guy in like Chicago and everything else where he got started. But it was like, I think he started to really come into his own. Actually, probably came into his own in Hartford. But it was like Anaheim is when he really, you know. But then again, I mean, him and Todd Ewan made a hell of a one-two punch. Yep. Um, Another guy that I was thinking about when we were, when you asked me to do this list was is Peros. I was going to say George Peros, yep. Yeah, because, I mean, when I'm just looking now. I mean, he played the most games out of the tough guy. Like, he yes. 356 games. He put in a lot of time there. So, in terms of for longevity, all right, you know. Now, if Peros ever fought, well, Peros, I don't know if he, no, I don't think he was, I don't think Stu was around when Peros was there playing, but... I was going to say, if Grimson and Peros ever fought, my money would be on Stu. Yes. Uh, you know, every day and twice on Sunday. But it's uh, not that I'm knocking George, but um, I like George. He's okay. Um, but I mean, anyway, I'm dragging this out longer than it needs to be. I'm like, holy shit, if we got 32 teams, I better shut up. <laughs> I, I would say Stu Grimson. That would be my pick. No, I would say, and you know, the Stu Grimson is my pick as well. And I went, it, for me, it was pretty much back and forth between him and Ewan because I was just kind of thinking of like when the, the from the time the team you know became an actual thing was I think it was like 93 was when the team came around um you know Ewan and Grimson were kind of the big two back then and you had a couple here and there um and I, I often forget that Brad May and like Todd Fedorik and Thornton were even yep. on the Ducks at one point yeah and per- Peros was like the other contender but I gotta say in terms of like actual toughness and enforcing I think it's pretty hard to beat Stu Grimson on Anaheim. And yeah, you could do it, right? but like like you said with the teams, the only other one I could probably put him on would probably be Carolina out of all the other teams yeah. he played on. Because um, yeah. from the other ones, there's definitely guys who I think go in front of Stu. But for the Anaheim Ducks, I think it's got to be Grimson. So I'm definitely yeah, like, I think that. Going forward with your exercise here, it's like, like, okay, well, like I mean, everyone, it's not like we're, holy, really? I mean, you got Prober. Well, is Probert going to be the best in Detroit and Chicago? Yeah, Wait, you're telling probably... me you're telling me spoiler alert that Probert was the best in Detroit? Well, you know, have I you heard of a guy named Gordy Howe? Well, I was going to say saying that shit in Saskatchewan <laughs> fuck might be yeah, but you know what I'm saying. So yeah, it's no, I like I, I'm not going to do that. I will I will pick a new guy for each team. 
So I will say now, spoiler alert, I, I did take Bob for Detroit, but I didn't take him in Chicago. So, um, you know, the one I was going to say, the one cool thing that I actually always liked about Anaheim, outside of the stupidest name in hockey, well, the Kraken might be the stupidest name in hockey, but I hated the Mighty Ducks shit. But I mean, that was past my, I, you're a youngster, that was right in your wheelhouse, the Mighty oh, Ducks Oh yeah, movies. of course, right when the movies came. I had, yeah, I had well, my, like I, I was in my VHS. 30s when that shit came out, yeah. so I hate the fucking Mighty Ducks movies. Oh, I had all that shit was, on VHS back in the day. Of course. You know, but I will say the one thing that the Anaheim organization's always done is they have completely given guys like out of the blue, uh, like one year deals. Like you had Kevin Sawyer, Garrett Burnett. Burnett, I fucking and I know and I know people will shit on Burnett because of his balance. I fucking love Burnett though. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I just do. <laughs> oh yeah, and for my old dub friends out there, Pete Leboutillier, they had him out there for like 35 games one year for 170 minutes, and it's like they gave these guys like the one year shots, right? And it's like, uh, well, they had Sean Thornton the one yep. year. I mean, he won the cup with them actually. Yeah, when Anaheim won the cup, Thornton was a member of the team. But I mean, I think he only played there for one season, and then off he went to Boston or whatever. But they were really good at giving these guys, like the minor league guys, that had put in the work, that, like Sawyer and Burnett. They gave them. That's the one thing I was always impressed with Anaheim. They they gave those dudes NHL money for a year. Yeah, after oh, all absolutely. the shit, all the buses they rode, they made NHL money for a year. You know, yeah, okay, it's league minimum, but you know, well, fuck, it's still five or six hundred grand. Yeah, compare I mean, that to you know, the AHL league minimum. Fuck, it's exactly. Know. So it's like that was always really cool to me. You know, well, and that's where uh, Trevor Gillies got to start. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he ran into Boogie, but I mean, uh, yeah, prime you know, Boogie at the time. Nobody's beating that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, they but they'd always give, like you said, Fedoric. They had Baumgartner there for the one year, right yep, at the end. And, yeah, he was in the last legs, but they gave him, a, you know, one more year. You know, and it was just like, I don't know. I always kind of dug Anaheim for doing that. And it was like, you know, but oh yeah, the year they gave fucking Kevin Sawyer the one year and then they like Burnett the next. I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> all right. Oh, I mean, yeah, well, even, a, even another guy who's still playing today, they gave Pat Maroon a shot. And he was like, yeah. apparently like pretty much pissed his, uh, his shot away out in Philly and they somehow took a shot on him. And I mean, I, <laughs> I think he did all right. Three Stanley Cups. Is that good? <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, yeah not in bad. a row. In a row, yeah, yeah to boot. Um, so there we go. We got Anaheim down. On to the next. Well, we, we say thirty. I don't think we did. Well, no, we didn't do one for the Kraken because it's you know twenty twenty two NHL hockey. Uh, they're not going to have a tough guy. Spoiler alert. Because well, it's the Kraken. Um, which by the way, I know like you said, it's a terrible name. I agree. But if that shit was in the minors, I think it fits perfectly. Like if that was a minor, I, that is a prime minor pro hockey team name. But for the NHL, I can't fucking stand it. Oh yeah, no, it's atrocious. I'm like of all, yeah. I just what, what, why? It's yeah, just... terrible. Um, this one was tough. I remember having to sit down on my list and and really think about this one. But the Arizona Coyotes or the Phoenix Coyotes, whichever you prefer to call them, who do you got for them? This was tough. Um, I will probably say Jim McKenzie. Yeah, um, but. Well, and that's the thing. It's like McKenzie played on a few teams where I probably could have because I, yeah, I was going to throw him in Winnipeg to be completely honest on the defunct teams. But it's like, um, or Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett was there. That was my number two. And then he got biz. And, they, and actually, if you yeah. look at the Pims, Carcillo put up a lot of Pims for them too. Yeah. I will. You know what? And I mean, I've had my issues with Carcillo on a personal level. Yes. <laughs> on Twitter, him and I had a big fucking blowout on the one couple years back. And I've, I have zero respect. Well, I shouldn't say that. 
I don't. I agree with some of the shit he does. Most of the shit he does bugs the shit out. Actually, there's a guy. Actually, I don't. Well, I got a block, so I don't really know. But I don't think he's been making a lot of noise on social media. I don't think lately. so either, because I know I'm, I, I don't Steve, think I'm blocked either. No, I think somebody told him to go away and stop talking for a while. And I think he has. But um, anyway, the point. Sorry, folks. I'm like nine beer in, so I'm going to ramble a little bit. But I will say with Carcillo, and I will give the devil his due. I don't know what I was doing, but I, for some reason, I watched a bunch of his fights. Goddamn. He was better than I thought he was. Uh, yeah, Carbon got it done, man. He did. And I'm like, he actually took it to Thornton in that outdoor game, too. And yes. Like, and I'm like, which really bugged me, actually, because I was like, holy shit, I wanted Thornton to pick his teeth with him. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, he's not bad. I mean, I'm not saying he's like heavyweight champ or anything, but for not a real big guy, um, he actually fought more than I thought he did. Yes. Um, I started, I always sort of thought he was a rat because I really wasn't watching hockey at that time really anymore. And I certainly didn't really pay much attention to him. And it was like, and I just kind of thought he was like a rat. And then I looked it up. It's like, he had more fights than I thought he did. I'm yes, like, he huh. did. You know, and not bad. Not that I'm putting him on the toughest guy ever in Arizona, but eh, I, he's, I wouldn't be upset if somebody said, like, he's the toughest. I could be like, well, you know, you're an idiot. No, I mean, I think there's a solid argument to be made for Carcillo. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, well, and another guy that actually, I don't know how much fighting he did at that point, but he kind of goes under the radar. Ed Jovanowski is a really good fighter. Yes. And, and, I mean, I'm just, because I'm, like I said, I'm cheating. I got the roster open here with all the penalty minutes and stuff. No, you're good. That's what we need. I wouldn't have. Well, I mean, you got to Chuck. I mean, power forward guy. I mean, not that I'm just claiming he's the toughest guy ever, but I mean, I put talking ahead of to Chuck, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you had some guys that would do it, and like you said, Biz. I mean, Biz you know, we can all laugh and we can all laugh and joke about the spit and chiclets and oh yeah, whatever. Uh, Biz got it done when Biz had to fight. He was pretty good. Um, he's definitely in the conversation. Todd Simpson's another guy that I would put in the conversation. I love Todd Simpson. Um, Jim Cummins, Brad May. There's another one. Brad May was there. Josh Gratton was there. Kimball uh, had preseason with them. Unfortunately, he got beat by Probert, but Kimball was there for that preseason with them. Yep. You know, so it's like they're just one of those teams that like they, they they've had tough guys, but they were never there for like more than a season or two. Oh, and it was yeah. So it's like I I would make the I would say just Jim Mc, it for me it's between McKenzie and Tockett. Yeah, yeah, I can. And if those two actually fought in their primes, I like I Mackenzie. I'd would. probably take Mackenzie. Oh yeah, for sure. Mackenzie, no, that's a dude. I think is I think he's pretty fucking underrated around most fight fans, honestly. Yeah, and Tony, I know you're listening to this, and I'm going to argue with you again. When I said Jim Mackenzie's underrated, and you're like, no, he's not. I'm like, well, yeah, he is to fight fans, to fight to like diehard fight fans. No, no, yeah. but to the casual fan, he forgets forgotten about. But, yo, Jim McKenzie was, like, he would be in my top 20 for sure. Just outside of my top 10. The dude was a killer. And he yes. barely ever lost. I said, I think, I always say that, much like George LaRock, the league is very lucky Jim was nice. Because he would have, like, destroyed. If he was, like, had a mean on, he would have destroyed. Because when he did get mad now and again, he destroyed guys. Oh, so, yeah. You know, and like I said, everybody goes on and on about twist and stuff. Mackenzie handled Mackenzie took twist it. Yeah, he took him to twist a bunch of times. Oh, and, so and it's, it's tough like, for me to admit, but he took it to old Chris Nyland too, and it's hard because Nyland's my favorite of all time. But fuck, he stuck it to him really, really well. 
Yeah, and not, n- you didn't really dude, see man. Nyland getting manhandled that much. Nyland was a pretty no. smart fighter, and for McKenzie to do that, I'm like, oh, it, it breaks my heart. But goddamn it, McKenzie got it done. So I, you know, I'll I'll, I'll ride your coattails. I'll say McKenzie with that as well. Yeah. For Tony's sake, should we skip Vancouver later? I think. Who, oh, we're not he, doing that. Who? <laughs> yeah. Do they have a team? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure oh, don't worry, Tony. It. We'll talk about your favoriteist. Give us a little bit here. We're getting there. Yeah. Well, we got we got plenty more to go here. The next one, very rich history of toughness on this team, uh, Boston Bruins. There's plenty to pick from here. Uh, for me, I think it's an obvious answer, but I want to see what, who do you got for Boston Bruins uh, and their toughest guy of all time. Oh yeah, like you said, it's like. Yeah, lots of guys. I yeah, I think you got to go Taz. Yeah, Terry you O'Reilly, have to. I would say so. Um, you can't. What more can you say about him? Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? I mean, you got uh, yeah, whatever. Jay Miller. I was going to say Jay, and... Jay Miller. Well, wait a minute, we're forgetting the biggest killer in all of Boston history. Of course, ask anybody who's watched the NHL for the past five years. It's obviously Zdeno Chara. <laughs> Big Z. Big yeah. Z. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was going to put him with the Islanders. Oh, there you go. I was really going to get Lazito fired up. I'm sure Joe would just absolutely be tickled pink for that. Yeah. I only counted the people that wore the fisherman jersey in my yeah. Islander pick. <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, I remember the one Boston list put Mike Milbury in there. <laughs> just, just fucking oh, terrible. Oh, tremendous. That list was awesome. Yeah. Oh. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you got O'Reilly, Jonathan, Winsick, Byers, Miller. Uh, you know, whatever, Cam Neely, yeah. oh, Shawal, Sean Thornton. Sean Thornton, know, yep. I mean, definitely put him in, like, 480 career. Man, I can't believe I just got Thornton's book. I haven't read it yet. I just, oh, I, I got I to gotta read it. Yeah, Taylor's just sent it to me. I got it, like, a week ago, and I'm like, I had to sit down. But even just now, I just, yeah, like, he played 480 games. And that's, like, after how many games in the American League? Yeah. Like, he had to have played that many in the American League for sure, too, before he even got there. And it, then, insane. Oh, like the like to play that and and like I said, it wasn't like oh he was barely fighting in the American League. Like he put up at least twenty fights a year in the American League too. Oh yeah, for sure. No Thornton, I, I'm down with Thornton. I don't know how anybody could sit there and say they don't like Thornton, honestly. Oh, exactly. Well, you, like I said, you got Thornton, well, Lucic. I mean, I know that gets a lot of heat, but really, I mean, guy played well 566 games there. It's like. You know, yeah, I think no, gets we, yeah. Well, I think he gets a lot of heat because people put him in the heavyweight category today. Yeah. But back when he back in his prime, I mean, he was just a middleweight and he was a tough dude who would get in the corners and he was well, he th- scored thirty goals quite often. Yeah. I think right, but a couple times. Yeah. Well, that was the thing at the time. He's playing on the second line, and all these people are yelling, "Oh, Colt Moore beat him." Okay. Well, first of all, what's he fighting Colt Moore for? I mean, he's on the second line, scored thirty goals and. Right, Colt Norris not getting thirty shifts, you know. Not knocking Colt. I love Colt. Oh Moore, yeah, but Ben I mean, Moore fan. That's like that's Thornton's job to fight Colt Norris, not Lucic's mm-hmm. at that time, you know. And I mean, Lucic still fought him. Lucic's a tough enough guy, but I mean, I I, I don't know why Lucic gets the shitty. I guess it's if he, people just hate the Bruins, so they're just well, gonna shit on Lucic. And Lucic is mean, so people don't well, like me yeah, i mean now yeah i mean back then i didn't hear everybody ever call him a bully but apparently no. now that he, he is but i mean old man now but it's like yeah i don't i don't get the shit i don't get the shit on Lucic deal but whatever yeah but but no i would say yeah for boston yeah o'reilly yeah no i gotta say o'reilly as well and i mean the dude well that's the thing people forget oh yeah people see o'reilly as this big goon or whatever fuck he was putting up points too 
He put 606, up 606 yep. career points. Yep, with uh 2095 pims. So he was I mean, he was yeah. getting after it hard with Boston there. So you can't just oh. call him a big dummy. I mean, he always had no. that he was always fighting wide open. The left hand gets the lawnmower going and you know, he earned the name Taz for a reason cuz he's not sitting there throwing jersey jabs, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, all those guys, Winsick, Jonathan, they all had 20 yep. goal seasons. Like they weren't fucking plugs. No, no, not at all. But yeah, O'Reilly, yeah, it's, oh shit! If he was putting up those numbers now, he'd be making ten million dollars a year. Yeah, like he's like thirty goal guy in two hundred minutes and twenty fights, and oh, yeah. O'Reilly was insane. He's I love Terry O'Reilly. He's awesome. No, for sure. And like I said, I think I think a close second for me uh, for Boston would probably have to be Jay Miller, honestly, because he kind of and I, Steve went into it on your episode. I think they were breaking down when you guys were breaking down the Bob Probert Invitational, yeah. um, but he really re- kind of renewed the rivalry with Boston and Montreal. And, you know, the, the fights with Nylon and Miller and just the brawl in the hall and everything, legendary clips. So I got to give a close yeah, second to Jay Miller. Absolutely. And, like, Miller was one of those guys when I was growing up in the 90s and I'd get the assorted tapes and I'd play. I couldn't stand him. But I, <laughs> and I don't know why. If you ask me why I didn't like Jay Miller back then, I couldn't tell you. But for some reason, I just didn't like him. But I've, as I get older and a little, a little wiser, I'd like to think, I kind of went back and was, like, watching some of his stuff. And it was like, the dude never lost. Like, he seldom lost. And yeah. it was just like, this guy's way better than I thought he was. And it was, just, he was, yeah, he was, just, he was just really good. And it was just like, holy shit. Like, he's hanging with Probert and Dave Brown and all these guys. It was just like, all right, like, son yep. of a bitch. Jay wasn't bad. I mean, he, complete Carl Rackey. I mean, yeah. But, <laughs> For sure. But, yeah, he was, uh, he was a lot better. I like, Again, I don't know why I never I don't. I always like Lyndon Byers for some reason, but I never liked Miller. But like Miller was way better than Byers was. But it was just like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he's Jay is solid, man. Yeah, I I, I was I went back and forth between Taz and Jay, but I was like, I gotta go to Taz here. Um, next team we got up uh, decent. Well, actually, in the '90s they had a really really pretty fucking tough team. Um, nowadays, terrible, just awful to watch. Um, but the Buffalo Sabers, you know. Oh. Who that, do you that have? That was my favorite team in the nineties. Yeah, Buffalo exactly. Sabres, yeah. Loved them. So I, I think we're we're both probably on the same page here for who their toughest is. But who do you have for the toughest wow. Buffalo Saber of see all this, time? See, this is where this is. I know where I know who you're gonna say. You know, yeah. I know you're gonna say Ray, but it was like, and it, okay, and he played 889 games, three thirty one hundred. Yes, I get it. But in terms of actual toughness, I would probably take Larry Plankfair. Uh that was gonna be I say the honorable mention. I'm gonna say Rob Ray, but if you said Larry Playfair and somebody said, you know, no, Larry Playfair, I okay, Larry Playfair it is. I don't see anything wrong with absolutely or with saying um that Larry Playfair was the toughest guy for the Buffalo Sabres. The only thing that hurts him is there's limited footage of it. But if you go back and watch Larry Playfair fight, oof, it's uh he's a tough motherfucker. Yeah, and that's like just such a shame. There's no footage. Yeah, and it's like, and that's where I was gonna go with. I was gonna say old timers that have watched the Sabers from back then, they'll all say Larry Playfair was the top. They have them in their top ten of all time. We, and I, I've always said I can't, I can't because I never, I never saw them. Right. And I mean, I only saw a little bit. And I mean, that's like putting Ferguson in your top ten. Well, I don't know. I've never seen him. Like you hear the, you hear the myth. I mean, there's some Playfair footage out there, and he looks awesome in it. But it's just like. Yeah, okay. But the thing with Ray, of course, is yeah, I've seen all of his stuff. 
Yeah. And it's just like, well, you know, I don't know. So I'll say Ray just do out of longevity and he did it for so long with the asterisk of Larry Playfair in there too. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be like Teflon. I'm going to ride the fence on this. I'll take a duo yeah. of Playfair and Ray. Um, but oh yeah, like, but the, the 90 Sabres that I kind of grew up on, oh, they were the best. They're the only team in NHL history to have three guys with 300 minutes in one season. Wait, who were the three? Was it Ray, May, and uh, Barnaby? No, Donnelly. Gore Donnelly. Donnelly, that's who it was. But yeah. that was the thing. And then they had Barnaby. Yeah, they had Barnaby. Yeah, like, they, yeah. they had a stacked roster at the time. Oh, it was ridiculous. And and then you had, like, oh, yeah. I, and I love Barnaby. Brad May is one of my all-time favorites. So it was just like, oh, the three of them were just, oh, yeah. And then you'd throw in, like, the Donnelly the one year and then Bob Bugner the Bugner, other year. Yeah. And, you know, and then, um, you know, I guess but right before they came with, like, Mike Hartman. and But they always had, like, yeah, they just always had guys. You know, Kevin McGuire would be in there. And, but, yeah, then, I mean, later on you had Andrew Peters. Yeah, and Peters and, and Scott. And yeah, Eric Bolton. And, Bolton, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, no, I, I was, but the 90s Sabres were, like, my favorite team. I love, oh, yeah, Sega Genesis days, I was always the Sabres. <laughs> yeah, and I put those three guys on one line and, Oh, yeah, yeah. Start, starting lineup there with with those oh, yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I like mean Brad May. Brad May is one of my all time favorite. Like just in terms of tough guys alone. Oh I yeah. Mean, I like Ray too, but Brad May was up, he's in my probably my top ten favorites. But uh, yeah, Ray's definitely grown. I hated Ray for a while, but he grew on me. Uh, I've always loved Barnaby because he's such just an asshole. Oh yeah, just a complete prick. Oh yeah, but and like I always like Avery. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, he Barnaby would fight heavyweights though. He fought Barnaby fucking Grimson for crying out loud! Look at the size difference in that fight. And he took his lumps, and he's sitting there doing it all over again. <laughs> yeah, and like Barnaby's fight card is really good, and he fought a lot of guys, and like he didn't duck people and shit. Like he was a dickhead, but I mean, you know, and I, I if somebody said I hate Barnaby, I get why they would say it. Right. But I always, I was a huge Barnaby fan. I loved him. Yeah, he was awesome. He's awesome on social media too. If you send Barnaby a message and shit, he'll fucking chat you up. He's a good dude. Um, but yeah, I I will split this vote with uh, Ray and Playfair to keep the old farts that are listening happy. There you go. Well, I don't see absolutely. There's absolutely nothing wrong with with throwing in Playfair, but I got to give it to Rob Ray. Just a product of my environment of being born. You know, '96. So I remember remember watching Ray a little bit growing up in the you know early 2000s. Um, but Going back and watching all the footage, and I'll make this argument every fucking time I talk about Rob Ray, I promise you. Go back and watch the footage. It's there. You can put him up there as one of the best power punchers of all time in the NHL, and you might be thinking, Alec, you're an absolute idiot. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He only won because his jersey came off. Go back and watch the footage. Just look up on YouTube, Rob Ray KOs. There's an entire like seven or eight-minute compilation of all of his KOs and TKOs that he had on guys, and every single one of them, besides maybe two, his jersey's on. So the, the, the argument that he, I would almost argue to say that he was a better fighter when his jersey was on, actually, because he learned how to actually fight and he didn't have to use the antics to kind of get after it. Because he even said uh, in the interview, excuse me, in the interview I had with him, um, it wasn't until he got that he got that solid punch in on on Dave Brown is when he really started to come into his own. And even then, when he got that punch in, his sweater was on. His sweater wasn't off yet. Um it was coming off, but it, it still wasn't completely off. But if you go back, you see all of his KOs. He's got, you know, Fedoric, Cote, Bonvi. This isn't Joe Schmo at the fucking Sunday night rink. It's, he's, he's putting down some fucking killers. 
So oh, I, I yeah, encourage you. Yep. yep, Vial Kite. Um, who do you? Have? He had another good one. Toward, oh, he had KO'd Webb like twice. I think it was, those ones are rough. He fucking yeah. the, the shots he landed on Webb were rough. Um, but he's had he's had plenty of them. So I encourage those to go look at that video. Just look up Rob Ray KO. And I get la- I, I I've been called a fucking idiot multiple times for saying it, but. Yeah, look at his fight card compared to Kosher's. And one, I'm more impressed with Ray's fight card, and two, the people that he knocked out compared to Kosher. Mm, yep, yeah, I agree. Speaks with you. for itself. I know yep. you and I have talked about it. I think a couple times yeah. here before, but it's true. Yep, it's true. Like you said, the majority of more than the jersey on. So, yep. so yep. what does that tell you? Um, but moving on here, we have the Calgary Flames, and the Calgary Flames have had a pretty solid um, history of toughness. For me, uh, there's only one guy I could think of that I can put as the toughest Calgary Flame of all time, but I'm curious to see who you have before I say it. So who do you have for the toughest Calgary Flame of all time? Well, see, this is where I kind of fall into this. Okay, I want to say it's Sandy McCarthy, and people will laugh, but Sandy McCarthy in Calgary was awesome. Yes. Awesome. That was where he he gained the belt, yep. Yeah, took out Probert, Simpson, or Simpson, uh, McKenzie, um, Simon. Uh, yeah, he was awesome. Because people see the Ranger and the Boston Sandy, and they're kind of, eh. I mean, I will say with with Sandy, he, he fizzled really fast. Yes. McCarthy's career really went downhill fast. Um, it was like after gradual... Tampa, you just didn't hear with it. You, you didn't hear about yeah. it after Tampa. Yeah, it was just, and he went to like New York and then Boston and Philly, and like he was just kind of chasing the check. I don't blame him, that's fine, but it's just like he just really seemed to fizzle out really fast. I don't know if he got injured or what, but but in Calgary, he was the man, he was awesome. Um, from I always from like a new ager fight fan would say Sandy, I would say. Um, the old timer in me wants to say Tim Hunter. Um, you know, he was there longer than Sandy. That's exactly who I got on mine. Was Timmy? Yeah, like I would say Hunter, and it's just like he the longevity. Yep. Um, fought every like unbelievable fight card. Fought everybody in terms of his fighting skill. You know, he's a bit of a wrestler guy. I mean, he wasn't a real wide open guy, but in those battles of Alberta, I mean, people can always go on about what a bad motherfucker Dave Smanko was, and he was. Hunter beat him all the time. You know, you go back yeah. and watch those Hunter Semenko fights. Hunter's winning the majority of them. And, like, Semenko would, like, sucker punch him or knee lift him or whatever. But in the actual fight itself, it was all Hunter. Um, well, not only that, yeah, he was, like, the lone gun out there, too, for the longest. Like, there wasn't – it's not like there was 1A and 1B out there on, on Calgary. Yeah. It was, like, well, it was just yeah, Tim Hunter. Pretty much, yeah, during those days. I mean, you had Poplinski and those guys. But, I mean, in terms of actual, like, legit backup heavyweight help, no, it was all Hunter. You know, and it was just like, yeah, I mean, him and then Gary Roberts came on a little later. I mean, talk about power forwards. Gary Roberts is fucking awesome. But I mean, you know, but yeah, Calgary, I mean, you had, you know, you had Stern and McCarthy and I mean, Paul Cruz and Berube. I mean, you know, I was surprised just looking now that Berube, I didn't realize Berube played in Calgary that big 230 games. I didn't think Berube was in Calgary really? that long. I, I wouldn't Yeah, it surprised me. I, and Cruz at 246, I was like, really? I thought Cruz like played like legitimately like one year in Calgary. Yeah. But yeah, the Cruz missile, he was awesome too. But um, later they yeah, had like I mean, they'd be in the conversation. Yeah. But but no, I I 
I mean, it's either between Sandy or Tim Hunter, and I'll just go with Hunter just because he played like 300 more games in Calgary than McCarthy did. That's that plays a big f- for me when I when I think of tough guys. I don't like like you know like you said. I know um, some of these guys might have only played there for one season or whatever, uh, and there might be the toughest guy like you said with Grimson. And you know you could would you ever pick him for Nashville? I couldn't because he didn't play there that long. So I was yeah, longevity no. plays a big factor into my decisions. Just an FYI for people. Um, but yeah, I gotta say Tim Hunter as well. As as much as I love Brian McGratton, because of course you could pick him for this too. Um, in the later years, arguably the last heavy like yeah. true heavyweight champ. I, I'm a huge McGratton fan, but I gotta say Tim Hunter for sure. I can't. I don't. I don't think it could be anybody else. But like you said, with with McCarthy, I, I could see an argument for it. But I gotta go Tim Hunter. Yep. So the next franchise, one that's man, one I hate this franchise and their fan base. I'm sorry, um, but they really haven't had too too much no. toughness over the years. That I, I I actually had I can't even remember who I picked for this because I remember I was just like fuck. I was gonna throw a dart at this team and just hopefully I hit a tough guy. Um, but the Carolina Hurricanes, who do you have for them as the toughest Carolina Hurricane well, of all time? Well, first of all, this team is gross. I, I can't stand Carolina. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm like you scroll their list and it's like, fuck, really? Like, just, I mean, at this point, I'm looking at the list and it's like either Scott Walker, Darren Langdon, or Buller Rice. Those are like the three guys. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, you had Grimson, but he played one year. Yeah, you had Dingman there for a year, I think, or two. Yeah, I mean, and like, uh, Who's there? You know, Brook Bank was there for a year. I think Westgarth uh, was there for half a season towards the end of his yeah. career. Like Gary Roberts, Com- like well, Commodore <laughs> was really wasn't tough. I mean, it, that's the thing, right? So no, I mean, I don't know Langdon, Langdon Walker, Bully Race. Well, I Langdon, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Darren Langdon, and he's super tough. But I'm, you know, um, yeah, like Darren Langdon, I guess. Yeah, I'm looking because I'm like Bull Race played 150. Well, I mean, Bull Race played 150 games and Langdon played 121, and then Scott Wald and Scott Walker played 200 and 13. Yeah. So, and I'm sorry, but when I think of Bull Race, I mean, all I could ever think about is the Downey KO. It's like a legendary knockout. Um, well, he got he got Downey back though. Oh, he did. Yes, he did. He, he did bounce. He back dropped Downey me. too. Well, Bull Race is a tough guy. I yes, mean, not that I'm a massive Jesse Bull Race fan, but I'm like. Jesus, you look at this list and it's like, wow, I don't know who else. Yeah, this list was brutal. It's it's bad. There's a there's a couple teams like that, and it's like I don't even know what the fuck. Um, I mean, I guess at that point it's well, Grimson. I guess I mean there I just broke my own rules. I had to do an Anaheim, but it's like he played 82 games. I mean, he played one one less year than Langdon and them did, and I mean he would beat them. So it's like, well, Stu, I guess. But I mean, for the sake of keeping it di- everyone different, I'll say Langdon. Yeah, I'll go Langdon. You know, you know, actually, you know what? I'll just say Westgarth for shits and gigs because he was kind of one of the last of last of the enforcers before you know everything kind of really went the way of the speed and skill and whatever. I'll say Westgarth just for the fuck of it. Um, but yeah, Carolina was hard to dial in because it's just they, their franchise has just had no toughness like at all. I can't believe they won a fucking Stanley Cup. Unbelievable. <laughs> no. Unbelievable. I was so, I was so well see that was back then. I mean even then it was like they were kind of gross, but it was like well they weren't doing the stupid surge and all that shit. So it yes. was like you could kind of tolerate as soon as they started doing that surge, 
it was like, I hope you go winless. I don't well, ever want to see. And you I'll win say anything. this too, and I don't mean and, you know, not because I have a sour taste of the surge or whatever. I went to it was so me and my buddies, that was when I was in the Marines and we were up we were about two hours away from Raleigh, which is where the, the Canes play. So one weekend we bought tickets to go see them play the Lightning. That was the worst fucking atmosphere for an NHL game I have ever been to. And I'm sorry if there's any Hurricanes fans on here, which I highly doubt. But if there is, in the off chance, I'm sorry. But it was by far the worst atmosphere to a hockey game I've ever been to. Um, like, I, I think the, the Everblades games I go to now are more electric than the fucking inside of that building. It was just terrible. Just terrible. And the whole storm surge thing and everybody, Oh, you must be fun at parties. Uh, well, I guess I'm not because I think the storm surge is fucking ridiculous. Even if it was a minor league team doing that, I'd still say the same thing. That's just, it's, it's so stupid. I'm sorry. It grows well, the game. It doesn't grow the fucking game. No, I said, well, it, it's so great. No other team in hockey does it. Mm-hmm. There's no junior team that does it. No minor league team that does it. No NHL team. So what does that tell you? Yeah. And every player I've ever talked to is like, that's the stupidest shit I've ever seen. I've talked to other people. They're like, I legitimately, if I was on that team, I'd say trade me because I'm not doing that. Or I just leave the ice because there's no way I would. You're grown adults playing duck, duck, goose. Really? Like, it's just, it's embarrassing. Like, it's just, I can't believe like Brenda Moore is the coach. I can't believe they let that shit go. Like who, what player wants to do that? I don't understand it. Like, it's just. You're a bunch of fucking nerds. Like, oh my god. Like, just embarrassing. Yeah. Fucking oh, and like I said, their fans are like I find hockey fans in general uh, embarrassing. Like, hockey Twitter is just embarrassing in general. But Carolina fans, that's a whole new level. Like, you guys are fucking losers. It's fucking terrible. But moving on from Carolina because I'm done talking about that franchise. Uh, another team that's been around one of the original six is the Chicago Blackhawks. Who do you have for the toughest Chicago Blackhawk of all time? This was very hard because sticking with my, okay, he can't be in two teams and whatever. So, like I said, the argument can be made with Probert. All right, but I'm still not good. And everybody, that's the thing. Probert played 461 games in Chicago. So I think he almost played more games in Chicago than he did Detroit. So it's like, you know, but everybody always sees him as a wing. And so do I, but, you know, so I won't pick Probert. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, Chicago, yeah, I mean, you talk Al Secord, Manson, you know, they had all these guys. Um, Peluso, I know some people are laughing right now. I was a big Mike Peluso fan. I like Peluso. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't have him on the toughest. But you know what? I will probably say because I'm going to stick with um, – you can't. He can't be on two teams, and I want to use someone else from Philadelphia. I'm going to say Ben Wilson. And I mean, I know Ben Wilson was at the end of the rope, and he had a bad back and whatever in Chicago, and he wasn't the same guy that he was in Philly. But he played 262 games. Um, again, Grimson. Eh, Stu was sort of starting out in Chicago, so I'm not going to pick him. Um, well, like I said, I already had him in Anaheim and stuff anyway. Um, you got Ryan Vandenbush. I love Ryan Vandenbush. He played 260 games. As I'm saying it, shit, maybe I'll change it just because I like Vandenbush. So no, much. no, you already said Ben Wilson because Vandenbush is mine. So <laughs> that's, okay. that's who uh, I had down. I was going to say Vandy. I was going to say, yeah, just for sheer excitement, probably Vandenbush. Yeah. I just saw his name come up. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. That's right. Um, yeah, like him, like Vandenbush, Jim Cummins, Bob McGill, guys like that. I mean, Gary Nyland. You could pick all these guys. I mean, if you if 
if the old timers want to really go back, you had Keith Magnuson and those guys. But uh, um, no, I'll stick with my Ben Wilson. Just because I want Ben Wilson on my list somewhere, but I'm not going to pick him for Philly. So no, like, Philly was right, Philly was probably one of the hardest ones to dial in, honestly. Well, yeah, because it's like who I'm going to pick. It's like, well, I can't pick him on the other teams he played. Well, maybe I could have actually, but no, I'll stick with Ben Wilson. Yeah, I'll, I got to say Vandenbush, and this might be a product of me being you know the millennial here, um, but just seeing more of the fights of uh, Vandenbush, especially when he was with Chicago. You know, legendary fights, wide open fighter. Um, who, who who was it that he fought? Was it Friedrich that they had that yeah. battle near the bench where he knocked his fucking tooth out? And like Lecavalier has to like look down and pick up his tooth, or he sees the sees Friedrich's tooth go flying across the bench. Uh, that's one of the best hockey fights of all time, you know, bar none. Um, but Vandenbush, like I said, wide open fighter, man. If you're a fight fan, and you don't like Ryan Vandenbush, you need to go get yourself checked out because I don't know how you can not like the guy. Dude's tough as nails and fucking always just stuck his chin out there and did did what he had to do. So I got to go Vandenbush. Yep. But I Absolutely. think we'll, we might be on the same page here for this one. Next one is Colorado Avalanche. Uh, who do you got for the Colorado Avalanche? Greatest tough guy of all time. Yeah. Um, well, I got to say Scott Parker. Yep. Um, but, you know, I know Cody McLeod can make us make a statement for it. Just out of longevity, you know, six. I didn't realize McLeod played that many games. He there. did, yeah, yeah. Uh, I looked at that six. the other day because I saw him like something with the Iowa Wild, is who he's like affiliated with now, or he's that's the team he's on. He's affiliated with the the Minnesota Wild, and I totally forgot how long he actually played there in Chicago, or not Chicago, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, I remember like tough guy numbers there. Excellent Twitter account. Everybody go listen, go check out his shit. Tough guy numbers is tremendous, but he had a thing. It was like the top. The most fighting majors in the 90s and the 2000s, the 2010s, and it was McLeod was the 2010s. And I was just like, really? He fought that much? Like, again, this is kind of when I was out of hockey, right? I really wasn't paying attention. I knew him from the dub because he played in Portland, and I liked him in <laughs> Portland. But I didn't really pay all that much attention to Cody McLeod. But I was like, God damn, he fought that much? Really? But yeah, then I was sitting to look at 659 games. It's like, holy shit. All right. But yeah, I always liked them. Um, you know, Jeff Audrey was there for a while. Lafarier yep. was there. I like those guys. Um, Another you know, one, I, I always like Bordalo too. Yeah, Bordalo. Uh, you know, and you had, you know, obviously Dingman and Reichel and blah blah blah. Um, I know Simon for that quick stint there. Well, that's the thing, Simon. It's always sort of like because I know everybody in their dashboards probably yelling at their dashboard, Simon, Simon. Um, I would. I'll get to Simon a little later, but um, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, Parker, two hundred thirty-seven games. Um, yeah, I got to go with the with the sheriff, the legit sheriff, Scott Parker. What about what about Curtis McDermott? I've heard he's dethroned the NHL's heavyweight champ and is now taken over as the belt holder in today's NHL. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it's a old. Old Parksy had more fights on a road trip than McDermott has had in his career, so I'll still stick with. And I like Curtis McDermott. I'm not knocking. Oh him, yeah, but, yeah, of uh, course. But uh, uh, no, I, I, there won't be anybody that's been playing after 2010 on any of my picks. 
So no, the no, closest he, the closest that'll get sniffed to that was McGratton in Calgary, and I still didn't pick him. Yeah, so that was about as close. Yeah, as you got, got you got to fight more than three times a year to make my list. So no, I'm definitely. Oh, I mean, I you. guess if we're gonna Golden Knights, we'll say Reeves. Yes, what are yeah. you gonna do? But outside of that, yeah, spoiler no. alert. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, who else was it gonna be? I mean, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah. <laughs> gonna throw Pacioretty in there. Um, but no, I got to agree with you, man. Scott Parker for doing it so long. And of course, you know, he went to the Sharks for it was what two seasons and then ended up going back over there to Colorado. And yes, I know people are, oh, but Probert got him. Yeah, Probert got everybody. Who gives oh, a shit? God. Who yeah. gives a shit? But for, he did it for so long there. And I shouldn't say for so long. He Unfortunately, he had the concussion problems at the end of his career and um, still deals with that now from what I understand. But he seems to be doing well. And he was nice enough to actually go live. That's why I laugh at everybody when he was he was live in the Enforcer Appreciation Group doing a nice little like you know discussion with everybody and talking. He was the coolest guy ever. But you posted, oh, fuck him. Yeah, but he was a punk and blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, but he was, he was cool when he was live in here, right? So fuck you guys. Sorry, it's my you know, rant for the day on Scott Parker. Cause dude was super nice. Went live in the enforcer appreciation group and gave away a puck to somebody who guessed a, a correct trivia question for Scott Parker. So big shout out to him and his family. It's super nice people. Um, but yeah, I got to give it to Scott Parker here. Yeah. So if, if you're a fight, how do you hate Parker as a fight fan? I don't, who are these people? I don't understand this. No, it's cause he plays for Colorado. Like take your fanboy glasses off. Like stop. Like, just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't eh, whatever. I don't get it. I, the guy fought everybody, would fight, you know, give her shit and wide open and, yeah. Oh, Probert. Oh, shut up. Like, just. So when you bring oh, up, Pro, you, when you bring up Probert, do I have to scream Tamer every time or Morissette then? Like. Well, and the thing with Parker, and I will say, because it goes back, well, this is before your time, but it was like, it goes back to the message board days. Parker came in with a lot of hype. And because he was the one guy that like everybody saw in junior all the time, because right. he was the only guy that had footage, right? Because that guy Kevin was out in Kelowna filming everything, so we got to see Parker's entire junior run, his entire American League run, and then into Colorado. And he was well worth the hype because he was murdered. He's the best junior fighter I ever saw, and he murdered guys in the Western Hockey League. And then he was pummeling guys in the American League, and so you saw the footage, and it was like, God, this guy's yeah. This guy is the next one. He's massive, and you know, and he had that little brief call up, and he had the big fight with Twist and all this shit. And it's like, holy shit, this guy's twenty years old. And he's fighting Twist, you know, in his first fight and whatever, and you're right. with him, and that was in Twist Prime, and it's like, holy shit, yeah, this guy's gonna be a killer for years. And it was like, there was no one could have lived up to that hype that was built up on the message board of him, and and then Joe. Joe Lazito talks about it even on my interview with him when Joe was doing the tough guy magazines and the rankings fight fans like hung on to that because this is before the internet we hung on to those magazines and those rankings like it was gospel and Lazito put Parker in there and so it was right holy shit he's in the magazines and we're all talking about him and then you know he has the thing with Probert whatever and then it's like the air got let out of the balloon for some people and then some of the guys that were pumping Parker up um, had a lot of heat on the message board. So people didn't like the actual poster on the message board. So right. IE that transferred to, I hate Scott Parker too. Cause I don't like this guy that's posting about him and that whole shit happened. And it's, and I still see it today. Years later, I still see the same people shitting on Scott Parker cause they didn't like the guy that 
posted about Scott Parker in the first place. And it was just like, oh, and you read that shit overrated, you know, and all this stuff. He never lived up to the hype. Well, no one could ever live up to that hype. He was supposed to go undefeated for his career and knock everyone out. That was like the hype. It was, <laughs> right. it was just fucking ridiculous. And it's like, you go back and, okay, you keep yelling about Probert knocking him out. Okay, who else did? No one. Right. You know, it's like, and how many people did he knock? He dropped Grimson, Oliwa, Nazarov. That, and Browns, I was, you know Flynn. what? That one punch on Grimson is, well, one, the fight call on that is tremendous because it's like preseason. So it wasn't really their TV oh, yeah. announcer. It was the radio announcer doing that. But just to one punch group, and I mean, it was like, a, it wasn't even, there wasn't even grappling. It was still on the square off, and it was almost very reminiscent of like the Downey Bullerese kind of KO where um, Grimson, I don't think he, I don't think Grimson was going to throw the punch, but I think he went to grab Parker, and Parker just pounced on that opportunity. Came over with the right hand, dropped the shit out of Grimson. Like, oh, that was like unheard of, too. Like, that just, but people just, yeah, for whatever well, they, for, they forget about that, but they'll remember the yeah. Probert fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Gribson, Olawa, Brad Brown, Flynn, like he's dropping all these guys, and then like people are, and like Larock and Brashear, they never beat him. Yeah, I'm not saying he beat them, but it's like okay, they were, he mean, was right there with them. Yeah, and it's but people just go on and on about oh well, he never lived up. Well, what did you want him to do? Like it's I don't get it. No, am I saying Scott always oh, top ten all time? Well, no, I'm not saying that, but it was just in terms of that message board vibe at the time. Because, like I said, I was right in it at the time because it was the late '90s, early 2000s. That's when you know the internet started going off and fried chicken fight board and stuff. And yeah, he was a big talked about guy on the on the boards. And I man, I like man, he took a lot of shit. And then fast forward, like you said, 20 years later, post. Post a Parker fight or a picture on in the fight group now, still the same shit. It's like really, like still. It's just like, ugh, I don't get it. I don't know. And like, and he's a super nice guy. Like, yeah, fuck you, you people listening, just fucking lay off. Fuck. I'm actually gonna I'm, gonna. I'm gonna do an experiment here. And as we're doing this, I'm about to go post in these fight groups just a picture of fucking Parker, and we'll see how long it takes for a Probert comment to come on. Mm. I can't wait. This will be great. Um, but so moving on here, we have and this was this is another team that was pretty hard to dial in, and I think you and me will probably be on the same page. But the toughness and their their history has not really been there that much. They're a newer team for one. They've only been around since 2000. So, of course, the expansion team, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. But who do you have as the toughest Blue Jacket of all time? Well, I mean, it comes down. Well, there's three guys you have in their history. You have Bull, Shelley, and Dorsett. Yep. Or the three guys. Um, eliminate Dorsett out of it. So you got Bull or Shelley. Well, you could go with Jared Bull for longevity because he played 500 games. But if if and Jody Shelley played 380, I would probably go with Shelley because he's the original. And I would say if Jody Shelley and Jared Bull fought in the primes, I would give the win to Jody Shelley. So, and I'm a big fan of both. I, well, Andor said too. I like all three of those guys. Uh, but I'm going to go with the old, the old, the OG. I'll go with Jody Shelley. That's exactly who I had too. And of course, you know, he had the three fights versus. You know, he fought Probert yeah. three times in one game. So, I mean, that alone could probably just get you at number one. Yeah, um, well, that's probably what got him his contract, right? So. Exactly. So, I mean, they haven't had that big of a history for tough guys. Um, like you said, it's pretty much 
him and Bull, really. So I got to give the nod to Shelly as well there. Yep. So, you know, not my, I mean, there's really not much to say for that one. But we'll go on to the, the Dallas Stars here, not the Minnesota North Stars. We I think we'll do a set. Well, maybe we'll include it in here because the Dallas Stars, kind of another team, haven't really had too, too much toughness now that I really think about it. Um, I, I almost can't remember who I picked on my list for this one. Um, it definitely wasn't Roussel. Roussel's like the last guy that they've had. But what, who do you have down for Dallas? Maybe you'll jog my well, memory here. Well, you have herself. I mean, he had four games to the longevity, and I mean, yet, but he had like an, a Steve Ott or Brendan Morrow. I mean, they're kind of ratty, but they, I mean, they'd fight whatever now and again. Jamie Benn, eh, you know, whatever for the newer age fans. Um, I'm a big, and he's completely underrated. A lot better. Well, two, both these guys fly under the radar type guys, but if you go back and actually watch some of their fights, they're really good. Grant Marshall and Todd Harvey. I love both oh, those guys. Oh, okay. Well, that's not who I'm picking, but it's like, Grant, go watch Grant Marshall, Bob Prober. Awesome fight. And then go watch Todd Harvey versus Terry Ryan. Tremendous. Um, I like both those guys. Um, it came down for me between Chris Barch, John Erskine, and Shane Churla. Yeah, um, that's a tough three. Yeah, I'd probably say Churla just because I'd, I don't know. I just like him more than the other three. Um, but Churla kind of falls into that Minnesota years too, right? But played 109 games with, with Dallas, so I'll just take Churla at that point. But Erskine was really good. Not, actually, Erskine's a guy that really flies under a lot of people's radar. Yes. Big D-man, really good. I think actually, his problem no. is he just doesn't fight. He didn't have like the fight amount as quite like the other people did every year where they'd probably have more fights than Erskine. But when, when Erskine would actually get up and, you know, Dropped the gloves. Fuck, he was tough, dude. He was hard to, he was hard to beat. Erskine wasn't getting he, dropped anytime soon. No, he was really good. Another guy that played there just kind of a year and a bit. Bill yeah. Heward. I wanted, I wanted guy. to, I wanted to pick Erskine, but I was, I remember, I was like, eh, he's only been there for this amount of time. Yeah, and another, yeah, and Bill Heward was the other guy. He only played about a year and a bit. Uh, another guy really under the radar, but uh, yeah. Grant, oh, Grant Mar- I really liked Grant Marshall, but I can't, I just can't like, oh, toughest guy ever in your organization. I just can't say it's Grant Marshall. I don't mean that in a mean way, but it's just like, no. Um, Churla, I would say it's Shane Churla. I, I, if, I, if I remember right on my list, I'm almost positive I went with Chris Barch. Um, yeah. And I know he, he gets a, a bad more, rap. He fought a lot more than I thought he did. Yes, and I well, and then and I thought about it earlier today when you were talking about with uh, with May uh, fighting for Anaheim. The fights he had with Chris Barch, I think he was with Anaheim for a couple of them, and then I think he also fought Barch when May was in Detroit. I could be wrong, but the fights that they had were phenomenal, like marathon toe to toe battles, insane. But I know Chris Barch might get a bad rap and. Uh, he probably lost more than he won, but I always I, I kind of appreciate those guys more because they just yep. fucking you know they go out there they drop the gloves they know they might not win every time but they're still doing it so yeah, I gotta res- I gotta respect the hustle on there and I, I I'll go with Chris Barch on that one. Yeah, and like I said, Bart Barch is one of those guys again for me. He just falls into that dead zone where I wasn't watching hockey really. Yeah, so I never really I mean I'd see his fights here and there when it came up on Twitter or something, but I mean. I never went and actively searched out Chris Barch fights, but I, he, I don't know. I looked it up for some reason. He surprised me. I didn't think he fought that much, but he did. And, uh, yeah. 
No, yeah, I, guess, yeah I, I agree with you. Like, I could see Barch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you played almost 300 games in Dallas, so yeah. Do we need to even, you know, kind of go into detail about the next team here? Um, oh, Detroit? Yeah. No, it's Provert, and let's and move on. There we you go. Know, God yeah. forbid if we pick anyone else. So. And then we're going to get screamed at that it was Gordy Howe and that Luth is going to be a look at the Lou Fontenato fight. Yeah, we know, we know. Um, next one here, though, should be pretty good is the Edmonton Oilers. Who do you have as the toughest Edmonton Oiler of all time? Um, well, again, you kind of have your big three, right? Yeah. Uh, you got Samanko, McSorley, and LaRock. And it's like, you know, with probably Kevin McClellan and... You can make an argument for Dave Brown probably too. Yeah. It's like, yeah. How many... Yeah. I don't even know how many games Dave Brown played there. Probably what? Oh, here it is, Dave Brown, 140. Yeah, so what? Two? Yeah, it's like a season and a two, half. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, no, I would out of all of um, I'd Larock, George, uh, he who is who I would pick. I've always said with Semenko, Semenko was a great enforcer. He wasn't a great fighter. Yep. Um, like he was a good fight. I'm not, you know, he wasn't the shits or anything, but I, he's uh, and Mart, I got. I got Marty somewhere else. But, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I think you probably got Marty the same spot I have him in. <laughs> yeah, so, and I mean, you had Louis DeBrusque. Uh, he, now, there's a guy who came in with a lot of hype. I don't know if he really lived up to it. I wouldn't say he did. Um, but he wasn't bad. Just his heart wasn't in it. A guy that completely goes under the radar is Kevin McClellan. Yep. Kevin McClellan was fucking awesome. And a decent player. Completely falls under the radar in those dynasty teams because you always think McSorley and Samanko. But McClellan, if you go watch Kevin McClellan fights, awesome, wide open. Oh, yeah, I was about to say he's wide open toe-to-toe. I I fell down the McClellan fight hole one time, and I think it wasn't – I I was younger then, but um, it was when Ice Guardians first came out, and I remember somebody mentioned Kevin McClellan. Um, on the Ice Guardians video, I was like, "Oh, let me look this guy up." And found fell down the rabbit hole of McClellan fights. I was like, "Holy shit, this dude! This dude is awesome, man!" And I, I, I think mm-hmm. you you nailed it on the head there that he, he definitely goes under the radar for a lot of people. Yeah, he does. He's like second all time in their penalty minutes. Another guy. I mean, he's never saying he was the toughest guy, but Kelly Buckberger yeah. played there forever, fought everybody. Eh, you know, the win loss record probably isn't the greatest, but if. I, I always said, and not a bad, better player than people give him credit for. I said, if you had a team that everybody played as hard as Kelly Buckberger played, the Oilers would have a lot more Stanley Cups. Um, he was, I mean, that's a, that guy's a, you build teams around that guy. That's a locker room guy if there ever was one. Um, but yeah, I'd say definitely George LaRock is the toughest Edmonton Oiler. Yeah, I got I, I think George LaRock had his best years there in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I'll counter you and I'll say I, I put Dave Samanko on this one. Um yeah. just for the fact that, you know, he's kind of Gretzky's bodyguard and everything like that. But obviously I could definitely see um LaRock being number one. I have no issue with that at all. And I'm sure most people should most people won't and they shouldn't. Um like you said, it came to the big three and you could intertwine any three of a, any three of the guys in there, but um, I think it really comes down to LaRock or Samanko. So I went with Samanko. I remember that one on my list. Um, I went back and forth between him and LaRock, but Samanko was who I had down. And I, I put him in the top 10 greatest enforcers of all time on that list that I did a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got to go. I got to go with Samanko there. Just to, like you said, better enforcer than a fighter. So I think that's, that gave him bonus points for me. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Um, so moving on to Florida, another team they've kind of had a couple guys here and there. Um, I'm curious to see who you picked. Actually, I think we might be on the same page for this one as well, but we'll we'll see how that turns out. So, who do you have as the best, or excuse me, the toughest Florida Panther of all time? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple guys there that you know they played a season or two, and you could throw them in. I mean, you know, um, Tedarenko, Darcy Orderchuk, guys like that. Yep. Um, but another guy that I think completely flies under the radar. I mean, there's two dudes, and and they played at the same time. So I mean, that's they're an unbelievable tag team. You got Laws and Morell. Yep. Um. I will say Paul Laws just because he played 200 more games than Peter Worrell did. Yep. Um, but Paul Laws, unfortunately, with the wrist injury, had to retire early, which sucks. But Paul Laws is awesome, and he never gets talked about, and that's a shame because uh, he was he was unbelievable. I fought the Laws, and the Laws won, and the Laws did a lot of winning. And uh, Paul Laws is fucking awesome, and I'm that's who I'm going with. No, you got, it's got to be Paul Laws. And like you said, Worrell also flies under a lot of people's radar, yep. I think. But if, if Laws had played in like Boston or Toronto, everybody would be talking about it. But of course, he got the bad rap playing down in Florida um, out in Sunrise, which is funny. Even for me, that's like two hours away. Somebody actually offered me tickets to a Florida game, and I was like, eh, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> but Paul Laws, man, he had another, you know, speaking of Steve Webb, he had that really nasty KO on Steve Webb and just a tough dude. It's unfortunate, like you said, with the wrist injuries that he had, but um, I can see an argument for uh, Warrell, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, he had Peros there in the later years. Same with, it was like Peros and Thornton were like kind of like the last real tough guys on that team. And they were both at the end of their careers when they got there. So uh, I got to go with Paul Laws. Like you said, though, it's, I don't think it could be anybody else at all. No. Yeah, I, I would think so. It, well, it's him or Warrell, one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the guy we brought up earlier, I think he's going to show his face here. We we just talked. We, we were going to bring him up possibly for another team, uh, two teams ago. But L.A. Kings, who's the toughest L.A. King of all time? Yeah, I get. Well, I got to go with Marty. I yep. mean, uh, but I was surprised. I, I didn't realize he put 472 games. That's you know, I didn't think he played that many. Yeah, but uh, yeah, for yeah, Marty. I mean, you know, and like you said, Jay Miller, 230 games. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, outside of that, I mean, they had guys here and there. Like Larry Playfair, there's another guy, but he was there for about a year and a half. Baumgartner was there for a year. Jay Miller was Just, there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, But it was all sort of here or there. Jay Wells. Jay Wells would be the other guy that would be in that conversation, but um, at the end of the day, uh, Marty had the – I'd go with Marty for sure. I, I like – I mean, I know when you mention Marty, it's the brushier thing and all that and – you know, and rightfully so. I mean, Marty fucked up, but uh, but well, Mar- Marty was an asshole. Like he he was fucking mean, man. Marty's like, exactly how an enforcer should be. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know people aren't gonna like that because they they're they're code huggers, but well, you, you, yeah, the code boners. I mean, they'll fucking hate Marty. But I mean, yeah. But if you go back and listen to that, I hate to plug my YouTube channel, the Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Type in Marty McSorley explains how it is to be an enforcer. And that interview, he he lays the blueprint out of how to do it. And you got to cross the line sometimes. And he did. Marty got a little sticky sometimes with people. I mean, well, the brush thing, that goes without saying. He did that shit <laughs> Just to Just a Mags. little bit. He, 
Well, yeah, but he cross-checked Banks in the face, too, and he did it a couple times. He did it to Mike Bullard, too, and it was like, Marty was pretty good with the lumber, but uh, but when it came to, like, making a statement and protecting Wayne and just just in general... It's hard to beat. I, I, I would say McSorley is the best enforcer ever, really. I mean... Did I have did, did I have him did I have him number one on my list? I can't remember my list now for what I had. I know he was up there. Damn well he was up there. Maybe I, yeah. I can have it. But well, because like you said, he's he was willing to take a suspension to send a message. How yeah. many guys are like who's gonna do no one's gonna do that now? I mean, granted back then it was a little harder to get suspended than it is now, but I mean, he didn't give a shit and he was just gonna do it and worry about the consequences later and I'm looking now. I can Fucking see my pull up my list. I had him at number four, and that's behind, of course, you know, Wilson, Brown, Probert. So, I mean, one A, one B, one C, and one D there at that point. But, um, yeah, no, you're right. And I, like, if you go back and when he's talking about hitting, it was a Doug Evans out in Winnipeg yeah. because he was taking liberties with Gretzky, and then Doug Evans, for whatever reason, took a quick run at McSorley, and that was like the last straw. And, you know, he hits him and reaches down after he'd already, like, hits him to the ice or whatever and just slugs him right in the face, pretty much knocks him out. And he says, yeah, I got a couple games for it, but that's what I had to do. And I guess what Evans didn't do the next game when they played? that He didn't touch Gretzky. So, oh yeah, did it work? Yeah, like I'd that. pretty much say so it worked. Yeah, well, I'm like that assistant coach on Marty. You should have done that. He goes, yeah, I should have. He, he, that was good for him. Yeah. And just like stone cook killer, man. It's just like, oh, like I said, that's like nightmare fuel to Gen Z people. But I mean, that back then, that's where it was. And yeah, Marty didn't give a shit, and it was just like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna fuck every, around. I love and like, there was no code bullshit. No, he's not a heavyweight. I better not fight him. No, <laughs> it was just like you're gonna you're gonna mess around. You're gonna get it, and you and it wasn't. I'm gonna tell you in the media, and then three months from now we might fight. We, you, hey buddy, we gotta go. No. No, Marty's going to get you right then, and that next shift, and you were going to know about it. And uh, oh, I, I love Marty. I'm, it's a shame the way he went out. I would, I'm not advocating or uh, the thing with Bushier was that was right. Cool. That was Bush, and I'm like, I was really disappointed in McSorley for that one. Marty could tell the story that he wants to tell, but it's like, eh, come on, Marty. Yeah, I think, but, all, I think we all know what happened there, buddy. Yeah, but. Uh, but like I always say, there, he played 900 games before that. So, no, Marty was the man. I'm down with McSorley. You know, absolutely, and it's got to be McSorley for LA. Um, is no other. No, I, I don't think anything is a close second to Marty. So, um, if Gretzky asked him to be a part of the trade, so that's just that should just tell you everything you need to know. Um, yep. So the next one, I think, uh, you know, I don't think there's much explaining here for this team. Uh, another expansion team that came out the same year as the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, but the Minnesota Wild, um, Bugard. Well, it's pretty much either him or Matt Johnson, and yeah. I was just like, and I would go with Boogie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I don't think we really do. We really need to go on about Bugard of what a great fighter he is because I think pretty people pretty much know. <laughs> I would say so. I think yeah. All right. Now I'm sure people can guess my pick for the next one, but who do you have for the greatest Montreal Canadian of all time in terms of toughness? Although well, it's a lot closer, I could see a, a couple different arguments for this one. Though I can, I'm not blinded by my my nylon blinders. <laughs> oh no, that's like I mean that's who I pick too. Yeah, but it's just but it it it, it kind of is the playfair argument again with Ferguson. 
Yep. Because, I mean, you're going to get old-timers that'll say John Ferguson, and, oh, he's the original enforcer, and on and on, you know, okay. But I never saw Ferguson, well, I mean, outside of the, the odd, I think, what is there, two or three YouTube black and white clips of him. Okay. I mean, you can read all the stuff you want, but, you know, if, is it Ferguson? Yeah, maybe, but I don't, I don't have the, the video to, to watch and make it a, uh, a very educated pick. So uh, I just have to go by with what I saw and lived through. And it was Nyland. I yep. mean, and another one of those guys growing up, I hated Nyland. Um, I, can't, I couldn't tell you why. I just didn't like him. Mm-hmm. You know, was he the most exciting fighter? Ever? No. no. You know, he'd kind of duck his head into your chest and th- swing up, and that bugged me. But going back, new, I have a new appreciation for him when I got older. Saw the documentary, really liked him after that. And it was just like, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, Nylon. And then you had Old Line was there for a while, Shane Corson, stuff like that. And Ewan. Ewan. And for, for me, the yeah. big three was between Ferguson, Cordick, and then uh, and Nylon. Yeah, well, Cordick. Three to pick from. Yeah, and again, Cordick, eh, he just didn't really play long enough there. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, it was, I'm just, I'm just kind of scrolling Turner Stevenson. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, Nylon. Gotta be Nyland. Funny, I'm just actually looking down at my. I got the, for whatever reason, I think I was cleaning out the closet, had a little bag of hockey cards. Literally, the first card facing me actually is Todd Ewan in a Canadian's jersey. Um, but yeah, and you know, folks, you got Nyland to thank for this show, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. If you want to go motherfucking because you hate the show, then maybe, maybe go take to Twitter and to go tweet at Nyland. Um, but he's he's really the one who kind of really sparked my my bigger interest into doing deep dives into guys fighting and fighting back in the eighties and nineties, because, you know, growing up, I only, I, I tried to look at the fights that I knew of players that I knew. So, uh, it'd be like that 2000 stuff, um, 2010s. So it wasn't until it had to have been close to 2012, 2013. When I saw that last gladiators documentary on Netflix, I wish like hell it was still on there. I used to have the DVD and I lost it in a move. I got to buy the, another one off eBay. I can probably get it for like five bucks or something. I just got to go out there. What do you need? For the, the nylon documentary? Yeah. Do you got that? Oh uh, yeah. I'll send it to you. I got, I yeah. got like two of them, Perfect. three of them actually. I think. Yeah. They were in the, like the $5 like Walmart bin. So I, like, yeah. I just kept buying them. I like, I have three of them or something. Yeah. I can send you one. Yeah. I got to get one of those again. Um, but yeah, because of Nylon, that's how it kind of started this whole love for the Enforcer and uh, fighting in hockey. And so you guys can thank Nylon or motherfucking for making this show and, uh, you know, the podcast what it is today. So, um, but what more can wow. I say about Nylon? Lone Gun, do it. He, I mean, I should say Lone Gun. He had help here and there, but for the most part, and he was still playing a regular shift out there and he was fighting guys like that, uh, like, you know, Dave Brown, McSorley. Um, absolute killers back then. So it's hard to, hard, hard to say yeah. it wasn't Nylon. Yeah, now I hate Nylon again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we'll move on. This is a tougher one, but I, I'll see who you pick, and I'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what you say here. But this one is another expansion team from the later two thousands, or excuse me, later nineties, early two thousands. The Nashville Predators. Who do you have as the toughest Nashville Predator? Uh, you know, I scrolled the list here. Nashville has not had tough guys. It's no. like I don't know. Um, I mean, their all-time penalty leader is 2-2. Yeah, that's who I went with was 2-2. Yeah. yeah and I, I know mean, it's I, tough. 
Yeah, I mean, I like Tutu and everything and whatever little guy, you know, whatever. Watched him since Brandon. Ah, you know, again, well, here's another one. Scott Walker's in there. I would actually pick Scott Walker over Tutu. Um, He played 400 games too. Um, Was McKenzie on Nashville off the top of my head? I'm trying to think. Yeah, he was. Yeah. For like a half a year. For like a cup of coffee. Yeah, and so it's like, well, and then the other guy, I mean, if you want to get real crazy about things, and he was awesome when he was there, it was Cote. Patrick Cote yep, was Pat there Cote. for 91 games, but I mean, Cote was awesome when he played in Nashville. And, you know, and you got Kale Hulse, he didn't really fight much when he was in. But, well, my actual pick was going to be Hordachuk. Yeah. I mean, he played 172 games there, and it's like, I mean, I'd have Hordachuk, he's, I would say he's tougher than Tutu. And uh, actually, I'm pretty sure those they, those two had to have fought before. I would think. Um, I don't know. Looking at this list, gee, I yeah, Hordachuk is my pick. Yeah, yeah. Hordachuk, I guess. Yeah, I'd say too. I just like Tutu's play style. He's kind of almost yeah. reminds me of like a Garrett Hunt, where he the undersized yep. guy, just a little oh. Super Bowl, just running guys. Didn't give a shit. Oh, watching Tutu and Brandon when he played junior, like. He was an asshole. Oh, he was, he's so dirty, but he had like, it was the one year he had 50 goals, but I remember he'd come to Sass too and he was just a little bastard. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I always liked him though, but it was just like, oh my God, playing against that guy would be, yeah, he was like 2-2 or, or Hunt, pardon me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, so that's no, what I, I got picked for that. He was great, but uh, yeah, I'm looking at this. Eh, I'd probably take Hordachuk. Yeah. So. Another good. This one's a good one, but I mean, eh, their toughness has been all right, I guess, throughout the years. But the New Jersey Devils. Who do you got for the toughest New Jersey Devil of all time? Mm-hmm. This one yeah. is tough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's. Do you say Danico? I like. I don't know. He like they've so had long. tough guys, but they haven't had like the absolute killer. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, they have the crash line there, like Daniels, McKay, and Peluso. And it's yeah. like, well, I would take McKay out of all those guys. McKay would probably be who I picked. Yeah, Again, that's, that's who I had. People are going to yell about Scott, Scott Stevens. Eh. By the time he got to New Jersey, he really didn't fight that much anymore. No, he didn't have um, to, of course. And that's not a, no. slight, that's not a slight to him. I won't, I won't folks to know because no. he'll be like, oh, you motherfucking Stevens. No, 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 no. He didn't have to fight. He was too good no. of a player to fight. Yeah, and then you get Shanahan in there too. I mean, you know, he was a power, young power forward coming up at the time, so he did a lot of fight when he was in New Jersey for as good as he was. Yeah, I know um, some people might be it, saying Crowder, but that was a flash in the pan. Yeah, I'm not picking Drake. Yeah, I'm not picking a guy <laughs> that was good for four months. Like, no, he was great for four months, but that was about it. And reality, folks, don't yell and scream. Seriously, believe me, I did a deep dive on that. A myth and reality. I did a whole episode on it. Yeah, he was good for four months. Um. Yeah, I guess just for longevity, Danico, because he played a thousand games there and uh, yeah, fought I everybody. Yeah, you know, it's him or McKay for me. I I'll I gotta go. go with, I'll go with McKay. Played. Yeah. Oh, I love I love Randy Mc. I, I like Danico too. I love yeah. Randy McKay though. Completely underrated guy. A lot better player than people give him credit for. Yeah, McKay played 760 games there, though. Eh, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna change my pick. I'm gonna say Randy McKay too. Change it up, throwing a curveball last minute. You love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's one that might cause controversy depending on who we pick. Um, 
Well, I'd be remiss to say, you know, rest in peace to Clark Gillies, who just passed away. It was yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, very unfortunate. So, and I know you you said you you brought something up about it with uh, with Joe on your podcast uh, for the episode you have recorded. Um, but basically, the gist of that is, you know, it's a shame because I know we know Joe wanted to set something up for Clark Gillies, and that would have been like one of the best interviews of all time um, with Clark Gillies because Joe does such a great job with the Islanders. But um, rest in peace to Clark Gillies. That's unfortunate. It was very sudden. So uh, one of the toughest to ever do it. But who do you have as the Islanders all time tough guy? Well, yeah, I mean, it's. Oh, well, now that he's he passed away, it seems almost like I guess you have to say Gillies. But my, like the old timers would always talk about Gillies, how great he was and all that. And, and he was, and you know, a Hall of Famer and all that, but in terms of his toughness. Um, the thing I know, Gillies, for me, in my personal opinion, he just never fight enough. That's that a, that's why helped. And I got, I got some flack for my top 10 list that I didn't include Clark, Clark Gillies. And I said the same thing, though. It's like, you know, I'm not denying he wasn't tough. Dude was tough as nails. And when he did fight, he was phenomenal. He just didn't do it as often as the other guys on the list. And that's what kind of held him back a bit. And it's no slight to him because he's a great – he isn't one of those guys. He's like a Stevens. Too good of a player to be fighting all the time, right? So I'm not going to, you know, lump him in with a guy like, uh, you know, Nyland or something like that or, you know, Probert where they're fighting all the time constantly. Yeah, and it's like – yeah, you have Nystrom as well. Nystrom was great. Yep. Uh, lots of fights. Well, and another one, Eric Karens. I mean, Eric Karens was like probably the top guy in the league for a couple of years, and that was when his New York Islander time. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got to throw the big man in there. I love Karens, man. Oh yeah, he was awesome. And then I know he gets a lot of shit, but it's like the dude did it forever on the island, and it's like Fakoda. I mean. Yep. You know, people, oh, fuck him and his body. Okay, I'm not, again, I'm not saying Mick, the guy did it forever, fought everyone multiple times. His fight card is unbelievable. Tons of fights, 500 games with the Islanders. Eh, You know, I mean, guy had like four times more fights than Gillies had. So it's like, you know, now head up in their prime straight up. Yeah, I'm thinking Gillies probably beats Fakoda, but... I just, I, I always just, I, I guess your your point is that it's the toughest guy per team. So, okay. I just, I, I, I guess I'm sort of getting wrapped up in longevity and stuff, and I probably shouldn't. If it's the actual toughest guy, yeah, it's Clark Gillies. It, you know, I'm, yeah. Yeah, Gillies. I'd say so. Yeah, I'll I'll be you know the product of my environment again. I gotta say, Eric Karens. I mean, I'm, yeah. my fandoms is probably or my fandom, excuse me, my fandoms probably in the way of that one. But uh, Eric, I mean, such such a big dude, and um, I, I I probably it's like attached more to him once I interviewed uh, Pat Barton, which I highly encourage anybody to go check that interview out. Not to oh. plug the podcast in too much, but tremendous interview with Pat Barton, um, who played with Carrington Jr. and knew Cairns was almost kind of going to be done after the Rangers because it really just wasn't clicking for him. And it's like that with a lot of big guys. Like, Bugard had that issue when he first started out. And, you know, these guys are so much bigger. Uh, what's that saying you always say? Uh, big oh, paws, little puppy, puppy with big paws, right? So they got to yeah. kind of learn how to do the role. And Cairns, like, somehow was almost ready to throw in the towel. And then when he got to the Long Island for the Islanders, I know Joe's probably going to, you know, it's not on Long Island. I know Joe. I just say that just to get Joe going because oh, know Joe's hating you and I right now. You know he's just oh. you know he's just screaming in his uh, his his office out at MSG, um, you know, sleeping with the enemy out there for the Rangers. But 
Um, when he finally put it together, he was just a fucking beast, man. I loved Karen's. All of his New York footage is fucking awesome. And even after New York, uh, when he went with like you know uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Florida for that quick little stint, he was he still did pretty solid there too. But I got to go with Eric Karen's just because it's a product of my environment. So I apologize to old timers, and they're going to be screaming and saying, "You stupid millennial fuck!" It's definitely Clark Gillies, but it's just how it is. It's my show, so it is how it is. <laughs> it's the, exactly. it is what it is. <laughs> but. Yeah, I'll say Karen's, but there's definitely not, it's definitely not a slight to Clark Gillies at all. That's just me being a little bit of a younger person, so I didn't get to see Clark Gillies all the way growing up, so that's unfortunate. But um, also, of course, rest in peace to Clark Gillies, like we mentioned. So um, moving on, though, as we just mentioned, this franchise, and of course, Joe sleeping with the enemy for them, the New York Rangers. Who do you have as the toughest New York Ranger of all time? Well, I should probably consult Joe and Joe on Broadway Joe on this. He would know better know. than anybody. Oh, Broadway blue shirt Joe, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I know all the old timers right now want me to say Fatio, and I can't do it. I can't. No, I'm I can't. Sorry. I, yeah, and I've said a million times with Fatio. It's I don't get it. The shit I've seen from him, eh, you know, fight card. I don't know. And everybody's, everybody's scared of him. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But, you know, Ben Wilson and them all managed to fight three times as much. So it's like, eh, I don't know. I, I'm not knocking Nicky. I'm not knocking him. He's a tough dude and everything else. I just, to me, the fights just weren't there. And uh, same thing with Barry Beck. A lot of the old-timers will talk about him. Massive rep. Eh, you know, I don't know. It's like... I get well. This comes down. Well, I guess I already picked Langdon for Carolina, so I can't pick him again. But actually, and I think he. Well, I could. I'm going to completely. Now that I just saw his name, I, it just popped in. I I don't know why I didn't think of this. Coaster. I mean, actually, when Coaster left Detroit and kind of got out of Probert's shadow, to me, he got better. Yeah. He, or at least his competition got better because he became the number one guy with the Rangers, and. uh yeah, I didn't realize he played that many games, but 278. But, I mean, yeah, I'm going with Joe Koser. For me, it was between Joe Koser and then, I, you know, I another guilty of being a product of uh, a little bit younger. But uh, Colt Knorr, Colt Knorr was up there for me, but I ended up did, I did end up going with Joe Koser. But I, I, I was close to picking Colt Knorr because I thought he was really solid in, in New York. I thought he was a little bit better once he got to Toronto, but... Um, no, like you said, and I, I definitely agree because that's, well, I, I've talked about it with you and I've taken shit for it with, you know, hyping up Rob Ray compared to Joe Kosher, but that was always, always so suspect with him out in Detroit was his fight card, but that was, Probert was the top dog at the time. So that was the kind of the measuring stick. So everybody was trying to challenge them to impress the brass with, um, with Probert. So Kosher kind of got the leftovers and he, his fight card was just a little suspect, but like you said, I think he, I think he was better when he was in New York. I completely agree. Yeah. His fight card got better. Yes. I mean, I know he it wasn't as long because his hands were all fucked up and whatever. But oh, I mean, yeah. You know, the longevity wasn't there compared to, like, I mean, he was in Detroit for, what, uh, seven years or whatever. But, um, yeah, no, I yeah, Joey for sure. Yep. Yep, definitely got to go with that. So this next one is a fun one. Uh, they've had, I don't know if they've really had that guy that's been there. Well, I take that back. They've had one guy that was there for a long time, so maybe yeah. I can see that. But 
Other than him, not too, too many, but this is, of course, the Ottawa Senators we're talking about. This is the 92 Ottawa Senators, not the, you know, like 1916 Ottawa Senators or whatever the fuck it was. Um, So who do you have as the toughest Ottawa Senator of all time? Yeah, like you said, it's kind of, I mean, yeah. I mean, you got McGratton started in Ottawa. You could throw him around. Um, uh, Andre Waugh, you could throw him in there. Um, Dennis VL, you could put him in there. All these guys played like a year and a half, two, three years. Yeah. Um, you know, well, Matt Karkner, there's another guy. Oh, yep. Um, fucking Karkner was good. Fuck, they, had La- they even had Lassard for a touch there, too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I went back and actually watched some Matt Karkner stuff the other night. See, goddamn. He was good. Yeah, Matt he Karkner was. was real good. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, you got a Chris Neal, man. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, I know people might yell and go back. Chris Neal was awesome, and for a long time, he was like the lone. Like in the, I remember in the playoffs when Toronto and Ottawa would play, and they would have those wars, and like Neal was like the only guy on Ottawa, and he's got to battle Domi and Tucker and Corson and all these Owen Nolan and all these guys, and it's just Neal. And uh, yeah, he was dirty. He did some greasy shit now and again, but I mean, you know. Um, guy played his entire career there, a thousand games, fought everyone. I mean, I know he got back in the day with the fight boards, people used to shit on him or whatever, but I don't know. I will, I was always, I always like Chris Neal. I'm down with Chris Neal. That's who I'm picking. You know, and I was just thinking about it besides McIntyre, he might be one of the last guys to play a UHL game before making it to the NHL. Cause I know some guys went to the UHL afterwards, but I'm looking at it cause he played, I, I forgot, well, I, I, I forgot how many games he played, but I remember he played with Muskegon. It was only one game, but I want to say he actually might've gotten in a fight like during intermission. Um, it's on my YouTube channel. There you go. Yep. I remember, yeah, that's how I remembered it because it was from that fight video. I was trying to look and see how many games he played, but he might be, besides, like I said, McIntyre, one of the last guys to make it to the NHL from the United League. I'm trying to think of off the top of my head who else has been there, which I don't think there's been many. So, um, but yeah, I got to go with Chris Neal, man. It's like, I think he already said it all, but just there for so damn long. It's crazy to think that he played, you know, a thousand, over a thousand games there, Um, which is funny. I think tough guy numbers put it up. And he might have like the lowest point total for having a thousand games or something like that. It was something along those lines, like fewest points per game um, throughout the career really? or whatever. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, I remember. I, I mean, I guess because I mean, how many tough guys play a thousand games, right? So right. And like, you look, yeah. and he only had like you know he has a thousand games and two hundred fifty points <laughs> total. Yeah. So, because um, I was actually thought Neil actually wasn't that bad of a player, but yeah, you play that long, right? No, he you had know, a couple. Last... He had a couple solid ass seasons where he, you put up yeah. double digits in the points and shit like that. Yeah. But but you start getting you know probably the last three or four years he was you know getting literally getting five minutes a game. You know he's one of those five minute guys, so it's yeah, like it was you rough. know that's gonna kill your total. But yeah, but I will say you go back and watch some old Grand Rapids like his IHL footage when yep. he first came out of the OHL. His Grand Rapids stuff is awesome. He got into really good, like his fights with Lapuma and Engelstad. Like he got into some really good fights with Mel. Yeah, that's when I first knew who Neil was. So we never watched OHL, right? I didn't know I didn't know him from the OHL. And then all of a sudden he was on those Grand Rapid tapes that I was getting. I'm like, who the fuck is this? You know, when he's going toe to toe with Mel, he beat Mel in Grand Rapids. I was like, who? And then right. you start watching, and it's like, yeah, he goes to Ottawa, and it's like, yeah, no, Neil was a bad dude, man. Uh, yeah, he's cool as shit with me. Yep, gotta you gotta enjoy Neil. So, 
Um, I, I think that's really the only pick he could put for Ottawa. So moving on so. to the next team, rich, rich history of toughness. Uh, this this one is tough to dial in. Um, and we might stir the pot depending on who we pick. Uh, I'll let you take the flack first and you know give us who you have. And we will see. I can't even. I'm trying to. Th- I can't remember who I picked. I'm almost positive it was like the OG, OG. But we'll see what happens. Um, so well, Philadelphia Flyers. Who do you have? Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna just go down and break it down in the simplest terms, toughest guy to ever play on any team. Well, all right. I guess in Philadelphia, I take Dave Brown. Yeah, but. In terms of enforcing history and fighting history, you got the hammer. Right. Now, do I think Dave Brown would beat Dave Schultz? Yes. Yes. But it's like, yeah, at the same time, Schultz is kind of the one that ushered in all this shit. And him and his cronies. Right. So With, without like, without I, the Schultz, you don't have the Dave Brown. Exactly. And that's kind of like, okay. But, the, you know, at the same time, I guess I could have used that argument and taken Ferguson instead of Nyland. Because without right. Ferguson, it's like... So it's like, I get it, but the Hammer is such an impactful guy with the whole, whatever, the goons and all that and whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, and then, well, and then you got, like, well, you got Berube, Glenn Cochran, Bridgman. It's like, well, Ben Wilson. Yeah, Brash. Brash Brash was there, too. Brashear, yeah. So it's just like, God damn. You know, it's just like, where does it end? You know, so it's like, I don't know. But I would say, because, I mean, if I – do my top 10 of all time. I got like Brown at like number two. So it's like, well, I got to pick him for this. Yeah. So yeah. So Dave Brown. Yeah. I remember I went back and forth between him and Schultz, but at the end of the day uh, on my list, I, I'm pretty sure I had Dave. I, I think I said it earlier. I had Dave Brown at number two behind Probert. So I, I got to go with Dave Brown. Um, I mean, mean motherfucker. You go, there was no code. There was no good fight, bro. We've all seen the video of what he did to Sandstrom's face with the uh, the old cross check right across it. Uh, Dave Brown would hit you when you're down. He didn't give a fuck if, you know, you thought the fight was over. Fight's not over till Dave Brown says it's over. Um, one of the best enforcers of all time. So it's hard to say that it isn't him. Um, and I know folks out there who might have seen the hammer play Back in the day, you might be saying, you know, oh, you're crazy. It was it was the Hammer Schultz. Well, unfortunately, we don't get much footage. Although I will say, uh, not to, you know, my check better be in the mail, not to toot his horn too much, but fourth line voice, old Darren here, did just put up a Dave Schultz fight video when he was with the fucking Penguins, which was awesome to see. I love seeing that old stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? And he fought Ben Wilson. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did actually. He, he the fight was a really solid fight. fight. Yeah, yeah, he did. Because I, I thought he'd get murdered, and I was like, "Oh, actually, Schultz is doing pretty good here." Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I completely forgot about that fight, in Pittsburgh. Yep. So there we go. We got Dave Brown for the Flyers. Now, speaking of Pittsburgh, this is another team who never really had that that guy Ugh. for a long time. They've always had. It's like they'll get toughness, and they're like, oh, "We'll try the toughness for one season." Then, okay, okay, it's gone. Okay, back to back to doing whatever. Back to the ice capades. But the Pittsburgh Penguins. This one was tough for me, and I'm almost positive I picked Goddard for this. And I know that might be, you know, I, I know other players were, you know, he had like the Rock, Cairns. But I thought Goddard was very, very solid when he was with Pittsburgh. I know he did pretty well when he was with the Islanders, but I always, and maybe I, I'm biased because I remember 
uh, on ESPN that following day after the game because this is before I had you know you can get every uh, you can still get every game, but you had to buy like the one NHL package, and if you didn't have that, you really couldn't see it. And you just kind of heard or saw YouTube a couple YouTube clips of that Penguins and Islanders brawl. And Goddard going off the bench to go defend somebody on the Penguins was great. And you don't, of course, he took a huge fine for that. And the Penguins took a, a, a chunk of change out of their pockets for the league. But um, I, I, I'm always I'm down with the hand of God, Eric Goddard. And I know uh, Scott Parker spoke very highly of him. So I'll just say Eric Goddard for this one. Yeah, no. Yeah, me too. I mean, I just I'm looking. Oh, that, at the thing. that's who I mean, you got. That's who you picked. Well, I mean, it's like Troy. I'm like you said. I was gonna say like they had like McSorley for like one season. Yeah, and I mean, he had LaRock for you know, and he didn't really fight that much. And no. I mean, yeah, I mean Troy Loney. I mean, for the old for you know, he played 500 games, but right. he was kind of middle of the road. He wouldn't back down for people, but I mean, did they have you know, kite you know, too? Saying, you know, well, Paul Baxter and Baxter, it's like, but. Yeah. A, you know, I really Jay Caulfield. It's like, what are we really going to say? These are the toughest guys in an organization. Like, no. So it's like, you know, talk it. I mean, he was there, but I mean, Goddard played more games there, and it was just like, uh, you know, and obviously Goddard was much more of an enforcer. Well, he was an enforcer, whereas Talkett was obviously scoring fifty goals and whatever. Yeah. But same thing. I mean, he had Marty there, but I don't know Marty. Like, he started in Pittsburgh, then went back for a little bit, and. I don't know. Once Marty left LA, he was kind of the shits. Well, I, no, I take, I shouldn't say it was the shits. That's not right. But when he played in the East, Marty was not good. When he played with right. Pittsburgh and his little brief little run with the Rangers, there it was like, oh, what the fuck? Like he had, he literally had to go back to the sun and the the sand and the sun of of the coast because that was Marty's deal. Because when he went back, all of a sudden he's in San Jose. Marty's kicking ass again. You know, he's just like it literally. I don't know. Marty needed the warm weather or something, but. um I don't know, you have Francois LaRue and, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just kind of, eh, you know, I don't, yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess Schultz played in Pittsburgh and they had the nice fight there I put up against Wilson, Wilson but I mean, yeah. but come on, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty much. I Goddard. will say this, LaRock could have been fucking huge there if he didn't, if he wasn't nice and he didn't let Brashear get up in that fight when I think Brashear was with Washington, LaRock was with yeah. Pittsburgh. And fucking A, LaRock was giving it to him. He had Rashir down and out, staggered him. He was on one knee, and he didn't keep throwing, and Brashear got up and then buckled LaRock, which was, I mean, props to Brashear because that's not an easy feat to buckle LaRock like that because he definitely stunned him with that punch that he threw. But God damn it, George, if you were just a touch meaner in that fight, that would have been one of the ups. Like, the, the fight fans would have gone absolutely apeshit for that. And that would have been still probably talked about today, but now it's not. And I've gone over that with Steve before too. I think uh, somebody had posted, and we'd both kind of said the same thing: like, "Fuck, LaRock fucked himself in that fight, man. If he was just meaner, that could have been huge." Yeah, well, that's. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's my biggest thing with George. George, like I've said from the day, George could have been the best of all time if he was mean. Yep, because George could kill. Like I said, I mean, people can yell and bitch about the Rock and whatever all they want. You go back and watch all his fights. You could count probably on one hand how many fights he lost. Cleanly, right. I mean, yeah, your draws and you know eight punches to seven, you know, whatever. But how many times did George LaRock legitimately get beat? One hand, 
And it's like, but he was so, but when he had guys, like you said, he had, he had brash and trouble. Oh, he lets, oh, good luck, bro. And whatever, lets him up. And he was always too nice. And it's just like, oh God, just, yep. you know, it's like the Mortal Kombat thing. Finish him. Yeah. You know, like you, <laughs> like you had him. Like put him. Oh, he on, had like, Brashear dead in the rights yes, in that fight, like, man. And he just to... let him up. Well, and it's like, I know they don't like each other. In real life, I know they got heat. Maybe not now, but at the time, they hated each other. Yeah. And it was like, you had a chance to put the exclamation point on this deal. And it was just like, ugh. But you got to be fucking nice guy all the time. And it's just like, why? And it's just like, yeah, George is too nice. Well, and the, and you, you couldn't have done that. Like, anybody else, you probably could have done that with. But Rashir just does not give a shit. I mean, he's been... And it, it's, it's no slight to him. I don't give a fuck if he jumps guys or fights on his no. own terms. That's on him. But if it had been the other way around, Brashear ain't letting him up. Oh, fuck Brashear's no. Brashear, oh, yeah, fuck, I'd be surprised if he ain't throwing bows at him at that point, honestly. Like, god yeah. damn. And it's like, god, George. But I like I I did my top ten on my show. I I would I George at three or four. One at three or four. Yeah. It was Probert, Brown, Wilson, and George. And I, but I think George and Wilson I had whatever and I had a few people fucking send me a message and, you know, ask me if I was, like, you know, smoking dope during the interview or whatever. But it's like, well, hey, go watch his fights. How the fuck can you argue with that? Like, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I get it. I mean, it, yeah, he's not John Morasti, but I mean, who's beating him? Really? Yep. But, I don't know. But yeah, but he got to Pittsburgh and, eh, you know, whatever. He was there and, that was right at the end, you know, with Arizona and Montreal and Jordan, like, again, yeah, Mr. Nice Guy, and he'd fight here and there and just never, no oomph. There's no oomph to him. At Edmonton, he still had a little bit when he was first coming up, and when he was younger, George, would, you know, he'd get a little fired up now and again, and that's why I put him in my Edmonton list. But, you know, other than that, after he left Edmonton, eh. Yeah. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. Um well, we brought him up earlier with uh, McSorley, but the San Jose Sharks, another team that's kind of, eh. Their toughness hasn't really been there that much, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guys here and there, um, but... It's like fact, DSA Gates, but he wasn't well, there I that mean, long. You say Link, and then it's the what could have been, right? You got like I Dave mean, Brown. Fuck, he played there. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah we ended his terrible. career there, yeah. But I mean... Yeah, I mean, well, Marty was good in San Jose. Marty's pretty good in San yeah, Jose. He had Parker but, there for a little bit, too. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, people will kind of, oh, he got beat up a lot. and eh, Whatever. I mean, yeah, he bled a lot and whatever. But I hope you're saying God exactly damn. what I think you're going to say. Yeah, hey, he's on my show. I got. I can't. Hey, yeah, you got to get the fourth-line voice I can't uh, say, bump yeah, in there. Yeah, I can't say anything bad about the guy. Plus, he's super nice, and this kid's super nice. I got to go with Jeff Rogers, man. The guy's the original gangster in San Jose. Started with the team. And, you know, 300 games, 1,000 minutes. Fought everybody. Yeah. Fuck, he had the captain the patch ice. out there. Hey. What's that? What's that? Oh, I said he had the captain. He, he fucking wore the C out there for, for San Jose as well. Yes, he did. And, uh, yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Dodie Wood. But yep, he played Dodie 100 Wood. games. Yeah, I love Dodie Wood, but I mean, like, that's like a year and a half. So, you know, just, I mean, I don't know, in terms of just longevity. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, you could, you could, Scott Thornton, you could throw that guy in the mix. I mean, I'm a big, I like Scott Thornton. 
but he didn't have the fight card that Odgers had. No. I'm sticking with, yeah, no, fuck that. I'm sticking with Jeff Odgers. No, absolutely. I, that's who I picked. I got to go with Odgers. And I, I, every bit of me wanted to say Link just because I'm a huge fucking Gates fan, but he just wasn't. The longevity always plays the bigger factor for me. And like you yeah. said, Odgers was there. Yeah, he didn't win them all, but who gives a shit? The win-loss record is for the for the nerds, as we always say. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's got to be Odgers. I, I really wish we could have seen Link play a full season there because I think he would have broken the the single season record for Pims that the hammer has, which to see that broken that many years later in the nineties would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. Because he was like the one guy, cause San Jose was so bad. It didn't, you could take minor penalties. It didn't matter. Yeah, nobody gave a shit. Nothing anyway. Yeah. And link would be the one that was crazy enough where he wouldn't give a shit that the, you know, the coach would be, Oh, take another bad one. You're not playing. Yeah. Right. Shut yeah. <laughs> you know, and he would just do, just do it. Right. So, yeah, you. Yeah, actually, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, Link might have been a guy that could have. Jeez, I got the hiccups now. Too many beers, but Link could have been the guy to push for that penalty minute record. Yeah, I think if he would have been able to play a full season, he'd have been really nipping at the heels of that thing. But oh, what could have been? But yeah, got to I'm down with fucking Odgers, man. If you're a fight fan, you don't like Odgers. I don't know what's wrong with you. Just toe to toe, wide yeah. open every time. Whoever his opponent was, he was just chin out throwing for the fences every time. You gotta love it. Um, Seattle Kraken, obviously we're skipping because it's 2022 and there's no Seattle tough guys. Seattle has a team? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and like you said, until I started scrolling the logos here, because I'm on sportslogos.net to follow follow along here um, with each team, I completely forgot that was even a fucking team. I was like, oh shit, I don't have anybody for the Kraken. And so before we got going here, folks, I had to double check with Aaron. I said, do you have anybody for the Kraken? Because I, I think the only person you'd be able to pick would be like Alexiak, and that's really fucking stretching it. Um, and he's like, you know what? And I'm not trying to be whatever. I legitimately couldn't name you a player on the Seattle Kraken team. The Alexiak's I, the only one I know. Well, that I then I can't remember his. I can't I no remember idea. his name. But the the one dude who has like the very wide eyed fucking player picture or whatever. Yeah, that's the I only. I, I don't. I forget his name. But it was the only the only pro, other person I remember is Alexiak. Um because everybody calls him the big rig, and then everybody com- everybody competes of who's the real big rig, him or Pat Maroon, and then you get the OGs in there. It's the other guy from the Senators. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Chris Phillips. Yeah, Chris Phillips. I was, for whatever, I was going to say Chris Murray, and I was like, that doesn't sound right at all. So I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. But that's the only guy I can remember, so I guess we'll, well say I'm going to say it should be Chris Phillips, because he actually came out with a beer called Big Rig Brewery. Ooh, so anybody that has beat. a beer named after it, he gets my vote. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, this one, do we need... Well, we'll piss off Tony real quick, because we will go in-depth with this, because I know Tony is his biggest fan. St. Louis Blues, got to be Tony Twist. And I know the old-timers are going to say Bob Gassoff, but there's just no footage of that, and I'm sorry. I can't say Bob Gassoff. I have to say Tony Twist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and after that, I would say... Well, I was going to say Reed Lowe, but I'd actually probably... Eh, maybe Chase. I might say Kelly Chase before Reed Lowe. But Reed Lower Chase would be second and third. And then, uh, yeah, Gasoff. I mean, yeah, well, like you said, you'd like to say Gasoff. Goddamn, right. somebody show me some footage. I'd love to see it. Um, you know, I hear, I hear, God, I have the hiccups. Are you Oof, serious? Jesus. Um, I'd, I'd like to say Bob Gasoff too, but. You no, just don't have the footage. There's just no footage. I mean, you I just think don't have the I've, footage for it. Yeah. 
It's no, the same thing with Fatio, and I, I know Tony had asked me why didn't I put Fatio in my my top ten list. I just couldn't, man. I just there's no footage of him out there, and the footage that is available, eh, it's not the greatest. So that's no. why I couldn't put Fatio in there, man. I'm sorry. I know I know that might have you know upset you, and I know it upset some people because I I mean believe me. You see it on the I, I, now you got me saying message boards, but the fight groups. You see it all the time. You know, oh, Fatiu was awesome. He was King Kong, and then you just look at the footage. And I'm like, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be an asshole or be, you know, the younger generation saying, oh, well, you know, it's good. Fuck it. You don't know what you're talking about, old timer or whatever. I just don't see it with Fatiu though. I just don't. And I think Steve said the same thing as well. He's like, if well, I put yeah. the Fatiu DVD in, and he was like, eh. yeah. So. No, exactly. And it's like, well, you should have seen him in the WHA. Well, I didn't. Yeah. Well, and no one else does either because there's no footage. So Yeah, so that's why I, I can't say I can't say gas off because we just know I just don't have footage for him. And I mean you look at Tony Twist, I mean, he's regarded as one of the best fighters of all time. Um I don't know what more you could say about him. He had a right hand just made a a fucking hammer, basically, that he swung from three states away. Same fighting style, and that's why I love too. He had like that old timey like boxer stance with his hands up, and he had the same fighting style from junior all the way until his very last NHL fight. And you weren't really going to get any left from Twister. It was always that right hand coming from downtown. But I think what gives Twister bonus points for me, and I've said this all the time, and I'll always recommend people to go back and watch your video on your YouTube channel of the Tony Twist going into the. Uh, going in-depth with the Enforcer role from the last Gladiators. Yep. His outlook on the role of enforcing, him and McStorley's are are two of the best you know, layouts of what an Enforcer should be. And I encourage you to go check that out. So Tony Twist would literally just sit on the bench shirtless while the other team's practicing just to fuck with them pregame. Not, not even they're just their tough guys, just their, their entire roster just fucking with them. He'd sit there, get a sweat going, do all that shit. And then, I mean, he and he had the fighting skill to back it up because he, he saw what he did to Rob Ray's face. You can listen to what he did because he caved it in. And you can listen to that podcast. So I, when I had an interview with Rob Ray and I asked him about that fight, he's never been hit harder in his life. That was the hardest he's ever been hit. It was from Tony Twist. And we saw it with Peluso, um, how hard he hit him. And Twist was just a dominant fighter. And the, but the, the the thing that you know made Twist goes down a little bit. Like he had the, he'd have the weird loss, and I know you and Steve mentioned it, but it's true. Like he had the one odd loss to Heward, and you're like, really? And then like he had the little bit to Larue and Ewan, and you're like, what the fuck? But then I know where he'd come right back. So I think that does knock him down a couple notches. But it's hard to say it's not Twist out of St. Louis. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, legit was the number one guy for a couple of years there. And it's a real shame that he had the motorcycle accident. Cause that's kind of, yeah. Even if he was in his early thirties, I mean, he was built like he was in his early twenties still. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had, he had, a, he had a couple of years left in him in the tank. And especially for a guy like that, cause some guys, once they hit their thirties, eh, they got it on cruise. They don't really want to do it anymore. And, and which is completely understandable. Right. Twist lived for that shit. Oh, and, yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. He was never – yeah, it was just – he was just going to do it. And it was uh, – yeah. And I, what was it, Boston? I think he had signed with Boston. And I've heard rumors it was either Boston or Philly were the two, like, contenders for Twister. Could you imagine seeing Twist in a Philly uniform? Or even Boston. I don't oh, know. It just, yeah, exactly. Either one of them would one, look weird. 
I know he had, t- yeah, I have to ask Rivers again just to get confirmation. But yeah, like you said, it was one of those two teams. So, man, yeah, imagine him out east and one of those, like, with ball. Yeah, with either of those teams. It's just like, oh my God, he would have been, like, they would have had statues of him. Oh, he'd have been but God it, over there. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that sucked that he got hurt. Or, well, his career ended. That sucked. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah Twist Not much more man. you could say on Tony Twist. <laughs> no. Um, next team, of course, my, my childhood oh, favorite go. NHL team. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know exactly who I'm picking for this one. And I really don't think there could be any, eh, you can make an argument for a couple people, but it's really hard to say it's not Andre Waugh for the Tampa Bay Lightning for the toughest, toughest Tampa Bay Lightning player of all time. Um, Tampa was another team until they got Andre Waugh. They were really kind of, well, actually I take that back. The one year they were fucking stacked. I don't know why they ever went away from this, but at one point they had like McCarthy, Vakoda, Shikoni. Um, Poshek got like, all four of those guys on the same roster, and I think they had a couple others too. Um, they got Nazarov, I think, the the following year. Well, they had like Chris Lapuma for like Lapuma, games yep. or Yeah, I always forget Basil McRae played there too, of all people. Um, well, I, the only reason I remember that he was there is because on the Sega Genesis, he's playing for Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but like with, with why you had Dingman, you can, I, I've heard people. I, I used to like this dude for the, uh, he was a big Russian dude, uh, Evgeny Artukin. I used to like watching him. Was never a bit like the, quite the enforcer role, more so just like a fourth line grinder. But he'd fight when he had to. Um, I, I dug Artukin, but uh, Fedorik was there. But Fedorik was really on the back nine of his career. He'd already had the, a lot of the injuries going on. Um, I think he only had one fight with Tampa. Uh, Steve Downey. More of an agitator, but I always liked watching Downey. They were he was just a he was a, kind of like a Super Bowl would just hit anything that moved. Uh, he had he had the hearing aid, so if you pulled that out of his head, he'd get pissed off. Um, who else did they have? They had David Kochi. I loved when Kanapka was there, but they only had him for a season. So for longevity, and he was a solid fighter too. I got to go with Andre Waugh for Tampa, but Shikoni I could see as well or Poshek. Yeah, I was gonna say three. it's Poshek or Waugh. Yeah. Would be the either guy for me. Uh, you know, Fried, Kyle Friedrich was there for a little bit. Unfortunately, he got hurt too, which is too bad because I would have really liked to have seen a Kyle Friedrich healthy. Yeah. Um, guy was so big. Um, yeah. Like Brandon Myers there for a second too. They, Tampa was like another team that had like just sprinkled in toughness here and there, but never really had yep. a, a designated guy. Poshek, though, I like man. I don't know. How, like I love Poshek fights. Oh yeah, dude, just wide open. The only problem with Poshek is you can cut him in a fucking pillow fight. So every fight he was always bleeding all the time, and it looked bad. But like Poshek, oh man, just give it and take in every single fight. I loved watching Poshek fights, falling down that rabbit hole. There is a fight that I would love to. If I wish there was footage of. I don't. I don't know, was it the preseason? It was either preseason or untelevised. I think it's preseason. Um, yeah, with Probert's in Is he in Chicago? Yeah, he must be in Chicago. Um, but Poshak apparently just fucking gives it to him. And it's like, and it's not like old Probert, I don't really want to do this anymore. It's like when Probert first got to Chicago. Really? And, oh, yeah. And it's like, but no one's seen it. It was like untelevised. And it's... uh. And the, But there was like a news... I think there's a news clip of it. And they show like four or five seconds of it. And like Poshek's got like Probert like bent over and he's just giving it to him. And it's like, and then other like articles or like newspaper articles, like, Oh, no, Rudy Poshek destroyed Bob Probert. Oh, shit. Like, you... 
but no one's ever seen it. And it was like, shit, I'd love to see, not that I, you know, whatever, but it would just be, it just, a, it, you know, it's one of those little history pieces that you'd like to see. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, either Poshek or Wah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of both those guys and, yep. um, yeah, I mean, Andre Wah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, him or Rudy, one of the two. I'll stick with Wah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I'm down with I, I'm I'm a huge Andre Wah fan. I encourage folks to check out that episode too. Hilarious human being. Dude's funny as shit. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge Andre Wah fan, so I got to go there. Uh, next one, I think it's pretty obvious, but yeah, they've had a, a, a few tough teams. Of course, now, goddamn, you look at them. Um, this team couldn't punch their way through a wet paper bag today. But the Toronto Maple Leafs, who do you got as the toughest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time, as if we'll be surprised? Well, I mean, it's got to be Domi just yep. because of longevity. Correct. But, I mean, you know. They've I mean, had a solid got... history of toughness. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got, well, and then, I mean, the argument can be made with Tiger. I mean, you know, all-time penalty minute leader. Yeah. But, and I mean, it fought everyone and did it forever. And, and actually a really good player, too. Um you know, uh, was Tiger the greatest fighter of all time? Eh, not really, but I mean, he would do it. Uh, you got Wendell, yeah. um, who was really solid, but injuries really took their toll in terms of his fighting. Um, you know, Bob, Mc, Bob McGill, Wade, well, Wade Belak, you got to throw him in the conversation for yep. sure. He would definitely, actually, not, well, Clark, why did I throw, why, why, wouldn't, why didn't we throw Belak in there for Nashville? He only played. Didn't he play for like one year there, though? Like, uh, yeah. I just thought about that because I, I when I think of Belak in Nashville, all I think of is him dropping Brashear. Like, that's true. Never been that, done. As, as you're saying it, I was kind of like, well, who did we? I think we had Hordacek or something. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, well, I picked two, two. Well, yeah. Well, fuck. He played Hornacek. three seasons there. Parts of three seasons. Well, he played. Uh, it totals out to like a season and. I mean, fuck, maybe even only just one season total. But he played there from 08 to 2011. But, you know, each year, 38 games, 39 games, 15 games. So, eh. Yeah, I I, I will leave Belak as an honorable mention. I'll, st- I'll stay strong on my 2-2 pick. But, yeah, Belak and Belak and Toronto solid, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd put him behind Dome, just because Domi has the longevity. I mean. Right. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. And you get Baumgartner and all those guys and whatever. Uh I think I already said Bob McGill, but yeah. Um, Colton yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to too. say Domi just get, I mean, Domi played 700, was it 777 games. There you go. So, yeah. It's hard to not say Domi, right? Um, yeah. You know, I, and of course, I love the line of when they had like McLaren, Orr, and Rose Hill all in like that. I think they had yep. it all in the same year. Awesome. Uh, I think it was when Brian Burke was running the team. Shocker. Um, you know, now, of course, he, nobody on that team fights, so everybody just laughs, and it's savage, bro. Because <laughs> that's it's captain, your, it's captain it's material. The, yeah, oh, my captain, yeah. Ugh. They were so yeah, good Cole that Moore, they let no, that yeah, plug yeah. Reeves pot two on them. How dare them? How dare them? That I was, was love. Oh, I love it. Oh. I, I was... That was the first NHL game I turned on in a long time. Once I saw he had two goals, I'm like, I'm turning this on just in case he scores the fucking hat trick because I want to see it. Never ended up happening. But nonetheless, his first two-goal game since, like, 2013. And, of course, it's against the fucking, the stat boy Leafs. Oh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, that was tremendous. Beautiful. 
But yeah, gotta say Domi. Hard hard to not yep. say anything else but Domi. Um, this next one, there's really only two you could pick from here. Uh, but of course, now we're on Tony's team. Well, no, we'll just skip it, right? Who? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, of course we're on the Vancouver Canucks here. Who do you have as the toughest Vancouver Canuck of all time? It's really only down to two, if you ask me. So we'll see what you got. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. It's either um, him or Ojic is all you can really pick, in my opinion. It, yeah. And I mean, yeah. And it's just... I don't... I'm not a fan of either guy. Um, I'm not taking anything away from them. They're obviously, they're very top... You know, I'm not knocking them. But I was just... I was never a fan. I'm not a big fan of either of them. To be completely honest, and I... I, I Tony's just going to be punching his dashboard. I... I never saw the Ojic thing. I just never saw it. I never thought Gino was that good. I was just kind of, eh, you know, whatever. I'm not saying he's a punch bag or anything like that, but just, I mean, there was all this Ojic love all the time, and I just never really got it. I was just kind of, eh, I guess. But he, he stuck up for Burry, and he did, and he, you know, he, well, now I'm talking myself out of exactly what I just said, but he took care of Burry and did his job. But I, I don't know. I just never... I never saw the Gino thing. It just, you know, whatever. He was always middle of the road to me. But Brashear, that's when he came into his own. Was He left Montreal, went to Vancouver, really came into his own. Um, yeah, I mean, I know people love to hate him, but, you know, he's in my top ten of all time. I can't, you know. Got to get the double Yeah, you know, and it's just like, and Vancouver is where he got rolling. And, yeah, I got to pick Brashear. Yeah, I'm on, I'm in the same boat as you. I got to go with Brashear here. Um, and I, I, I although I will say I do enjoy the clip of Ojic just running rampant on the uh, the St. Louis Blues, just running the yeah. Great clip. Um, but Brashear became that was when you know, and I know everybody the Huggy Bear, blah blah blah. Yeah, whatever. Um, but that was when he really became kind of a dominant fighter. Was with Vancouver, um, and he really kind of elevated that. That level, because like you said, when he was with, actually one of the coolest fights was when he was with Montreal. With he had a good, I think it was with Probert. Yeah, it definitely was Probert, and it was more so like a boxing style fight. It wasn't even like yeah. they didn't grapple. That was really cool to see. Um, yeah, you know, getting sidetracked here, Squirrel. But when he was in Vancouver, like you said, that was when he kind of really came into it and started finding the groove, and it was all uphill from there. Like he he never really looked back after that. And you can count on maybe two hands how many losses Brashear has. It's not a lot. And I know people don't like the antics of him picking spots and whatever. Well, that's the greatest thing about enforcing back then is there was no fucking, there's no code. We have to fight this time at this arranged time. And, you know, on this day, blah, 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 all this bullshit. Oh, I'll wait till you're at the end of your shift. No, fuck you. If I want to go now, we're going to go now. Um, So I got to respect that from Bashir. I know people won't like that. And I know people probably think it's stupid, but. I mean, fuck you. If you're there to be an asshole, be an asshole then. And he was. So I got to give credit to Brashear. And I, he's like, I, like you said, he's one of the best of all time, whether people want to admit it or not, but he is. No, absolutely. No, I completely agree. So got to go with Donald Brashear there. Um, next one, I think we've already discovered, or just discovered, discussed this. How many fucking whiskeys deep am I now? Um, so Vegas Golden Knights, Ryan Reeves. I don't think we really need to do much oh, yeah. more elaborating yeah. on that. <laughs> no. um, so this team, very interesting, decent, uh, decent history of toughness. Washington Capitals, who do you got, man? 
Yeah, this is interesting because I know a lot of people want me to say Chris Simon. Yeah, maybe. But I'm actually going to go with Craig Berube. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Berube. Just because Berube, I think, had a lot, had more fights. I know Simon, had. that's when he started getting the shoulder injuries was in Washington. They didn't really fight as much. Uh, but Berube played like, Berube played 400 games in Washington, which is a Way more than I thought he did, um, but yeah, watch. I mean, they've had Alan May, Stevens, Dale Hunter, um, Tom Wilson, everyone's favorite, but Simon, uh, Randy Holt, guys like that. But uh, is Simon or Baruby for me? I, yeah, I'm gonna just just because I couldn't. T- I wanted, and I love Baruby so much. Baruby's like one of my favorites of all time, and I couldn't pick him in Philly because Brown and all them were there. So I'm gonna pick him now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Berube in Washington. Yeah, I got to go with Berube. And we, I know we spoke about him earlier with Poshek, but, I mean, the fight with him and Poshek, in, I think it was yeah. in Washington. Oh, great fight. And the announcers were awesome, too. You know, like, look at this jackhammer action by both Berube and Poshek. And they're just fucking going at it. And it was just no defense. Uh, I mean, what more can you say about the Chief, too? He's legendary enforcer, part of the uh, 9,000. Or not part of the 9,000. Part of the 9 and the 3,000 penalty minute club. So it's it's hard not to save Ruby and Simon was up there. I thought of Erskine as well because Erskine had his stint there yeah. in Washington. Uh, Brashear yeah. Brashear was in the later half of his career though, and that's where he got dropped by Belak. So I don't think Brashear was quite the same brash that we saw in Vancouver or Philly. Which there was, I, I actually almost thought about putting Brashear for Philly, but it's hard to beat Dave Brown. So I I, I felt like I would have gotten shot by somebody if I didn't say Dave Brown for that one. Um, but I think there's a case to be made for Brash out there, but. Yeah, I got to say Baruby for, for the Capitals. I don't, I don't think it could be anybody else, really. Yeah, no. I, I would say, yeah, him or Simon. Yeah. Like I said, I think just Baruby with his longevity. and Yeah. Got to yeah. go with the Chief. So this one, this one's different. Um, you could almost probably, I think for this one, we will lump in the Atlanta Thrashers because they came into the league when the Enforcer was pretty much gone anyways. So the Winnipeg Jets, but I guess we could throw in the Thrashers. So I'll say... I'll say um, Eric Bolton for this one because it's on Winnipeg. But, I mean, you could say Odgers if you wanted to or even Lassard. Lassard played there. Um, I'm trying to think of who else off the top of my head from the Atlanta Thrashers because they didn't really have too too much toughness on their teams now that I'm thinking about it either. Mm, no, I'm just – yeah, you got me. Because uh, Winnipeg oh. only – the only thing I could think of from Winnipeg would be Thor, uh, Thorburn. Him or Peluso, Anthony yeah. Peluso. Anthony Peluso. I was a huge fan of Anthony Peluso. But it was like, you know, that was sort of that newer era where it's like, right. you know, four, fight, four or five fights a year. So it's like, eh, all right. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to lump in with the, you know, mix in with Atlanta, I mean, yeah, Bolton, I would say, for sure. I mean. I think that's who it's got to be. Yeah, because yeah, they came in. It's hard. It's like. Right. Yeah, we gave I mean, a pass I, I'm a big to... fan of Chris Thorburn. I like Thorburn a lot. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, he he's not beating up Bolton or Lassard. So did they have Bortuzzo too, or no? Was that? Am I think? I think that was just St. Louis. I could be wrong, but yeah, Thorburn's the only person I could think of. Uh, Vegas, we were able to lump in here because they had another the later expansion team, but they had Reeves. So Winnipeg really yeah. didn't have anybody. But it was that's why we we'll we'll break our own rules here. We're making the rules, damn it. Um, but there we go, all 30, 31 teams, because we didn't include the Kraken. 
thankfully. Uh, all 31 teams wrapped up for every tough guy or the best tough guy from every team. Uh, we're fucking stumbling well, over we, words I, here. We really rambled. This is going to be your longest episode in, in a minute. Yeah, we dragged this on. We're on two hours and three minutes here. Really? <laughs> yeah. All I right. will say we did it because I was looking at the time. I'm like, oh fuck, we're we're talking. We're here like for the first like five teams or well, well, yeah. right first eight teams. Fuck, it took us like 30 minutes to get through the first eight teams. It's like when you're it's like when you're interviewing a guy that had like a 15 year pro career and you're an hour and 10 minutes into your interview. And you're, not, you're not on a you're not on a junior yet. Yeah, it's like oh shit. Yeah, you're like oh, this boy. could be two parter, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was well, well, unless you're friggin' Lazito. Then you just go and it's, you know, it's like war, listen to the audio version of War and Peace. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fucking, the J.K. Rowling of Enforcer podcast. Every every episode just gets longer and longer like the fucking Harry Potter books. <laughs> well, yeah, and at this point, I think it's it's almost like Joe's trying to prove a point. Yeah, like. Yeah, he just, he just wants to get, get <laughs> every episode has to be longer than the last. So it's just going to turn into like the Lord of the Rings saga or some shit where it's just going to be yeah. epic. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I'll let you get going, man. I'm sure you will, because I know you probably got to piss because you're fucking X amount of beer. What, you, what, you like fucking 12 beer deep now? Yeah, I'm pretty, well, I got the damn hiccups and everything else. I haven't had, yeah. I remember the last Sound time. Like, I it sounds like a, like the cartoon fucking when you're drunk in a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, going I'm on there. like, really? I'm like, I can't remember the last time I had the hiccups in my life. Yeah, and I do it on a podcast. It's like, oh yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Well, man, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was a great time. Well, like I said, I got to get you back on. We'll do the, the defunct teams. Maybe we'll get Steve on for that one because he could probably do a dive into like the WHA shit. Who knows? Oh shit! He'll start giving you dates and oh shit! Yeah, he's the guy that for that yeah, shit for this, sure. This time after this puck drop in this zone, yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't know. After this episode, then even fucking six pack might be like, yeah, you know, we're just not gonna do. Yeah, this it's just anymore. this ain't working out anymore, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Might be getting a draw. Your name came up. Yeah, yeah. you're out. <laughs> oh fuck. Well, take it easy, man. I appreciate you for coming on. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. For sure, man. Have a good one. You got to fight for your right to party. You got